we all stood round it, and it was just in agony. Like, it definitely broke its back, and it was like, and like, <laughs> that's the noise it was making, like, you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> <laughs> time ago, back on episode one Hi. of Pretendship, I uh, I made a little promise to your boy Jake Breeze that I would have him back on because I rudely cut him off <laughs> mid-flow, like hearing the doorbell where you're having a piss, and uh, and I th yeah, I said I'd definitely get him back on at the soonest possible opportunity, which is now. And I'm a man of my word, I made a promise. If I say it, I've either done it or it's about to happen. I mean, in fairness, you based around me, it was like, please, no one wants to come on. <laughs> please. <laughs> please help me. <laughs> I'll even have you again. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the return of your boy. Hi. Are you ready, player? It is the return of the illest. Yes, mate, let's have it. Are you good? Never saying that again. That was awful. <laughs> let's have it. We're keeping it in, though. Yeah, we're definitely keeping it in. Yeah. So, um, do you know what's, what's good as well about this? Is no ads, no pissing about, no, none of that professional action. No having to like cut into a conversation go, with SeatGeek, you can get into gigs for yeah. thrice as much. Yeah. Or we could do pretend ad reads. I bet you could come up with some good ones off the top. Ad read. Should we do an ad at What start? with your storied stand-up comedy career? <laughs> um, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Anyway, you listener, watchers, stop pissing about out there. <laughs> get inside here with us now. But like when I used to work for ISVP, um, I used to be the guy who brings you up when you've texted for a free copy of The Economist <laughs> and tries to get you to sign up for 12 weeks. Oh, week. like selling. Yeah. Damn. And I think what happens is that I'm assuming like what'll happen is that they'll have a target for that podcast of like, all right, we want you to sell this many copies. So it's like it's on us as well to like yeah. sort out Scrooby's pit. But so you so you're welcome, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sponsor sponsor us back, pay it forward. Karmic mm -hmm. karmic balance. The weirdest thing about that job was like on the last day I was there, I rang up my friend um Rob. Uh, that's his real name. I just was blanking on his name for a second because I haven't slept properly in three right. days. Uh, I appreciate you coming in despite that, by the way. Breezy literally hasn't even been home for days. <laughs> he just came straight here from fucking Newcastle. Yeah, I've got off the train no more than about an hour ago. Um, <clears throat> after what can only be described as an, uh, an interesting night. But um, yeah, and then before that, we went to, me and Ali went to this rave in Liverpool, didn't get back to like, God, gone like nine o'clock. No sooner did my head hit the pillow that Johnny was fucking banging my door down, like, I've got to go Newcastle there. <laughs> Straight back in the car, passed out. Awful. Um, it's hanging because, like. I hear the gig went well, though. I hear you smashed it. Oh, the gig was great, Didn't yeah. Like, um, the low health bar affect the performance. No, yeah, definitely, like, pulled it out right at the end. I must have looked horrid, though, backstage. <laughs> like, lay it up on this couch, just like, with a foster in one hand, going, like, Dude, if I get any less than like eight hours sleep a night, I look ridiculous the next day, just like ten years older than I am. You look fresh, fresh as fuck, man, fresh as a daisy. I mean, in fairness, it's just, it's like any skill, 
you just got to keep doing it. Yeah, you told me at one point that you'd never been hungover. Is that still true? Oh, no. Like, right. To this was this, a couple of years ago. To get this straight, I've never been the classic hungover. Right. Headache, sort of like, throwing up. Never had that. Um, only things that happens when I get hungover is I get a bit sad and my legs hurt. Your like, legs hurt? Yeah, don't understand it. But like, um, watch now that some doctor will pop up in the comments and be like, that's low blood pressure. <laughs> You're going to die. But yeah. Um, Dude, I get like, um, like a very slender grip on what's real. You know, it's, I don't know if it's like psychosis or something, but everyone, when someone's talking to me, I'm just like, like they just appear to be like a flesh-covered robot being moved by phantoms. Oh, and that happens to me all the time. <laughs> like, in normal conversation, if I look at you and I sort of glaze over, which I do quite a lot with a lot of people, sure. and it's not their fault, usually what I'm doing is looking and sort of getting freaked out by the fact that only the bottom half of their face moves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but also, no one's moving them. It's literally just bones with muscle on it, with magical... Do you know, like it's just moving of its own. Own accord, yeah. It's a strange thought to have about a person. It's just, no, it's just, I just find faces really odd. That's why I've got that theory that there's only 12 of them in the world. Oh, yeah. Did, did we already speak about this at any I think point? we did, yeah. Yeah, I think we've already spoke, touched on it. But, like, I don't want to go over it again because it's one, sure, of, sure. one of the most I'm, mental. I, I'm with you. I mean, we can dispute the exact figure. Like, I don't know if it's 12. I'm going to go, like, you know, 35 or something. But I see people, all different ethnicities from anywhere on the planet, either gen uh, any of the genders and then um, you know you just go oh you look like paul mccartney do yeah. you know what i mean just there's only a very a finite number yeah and there's every now and then you'll see something that books the curve like i remember a this, new face but i remember seeing a little person in a burqa never seen that before i've never seen that no um here's one never seen a uh i've never seen an old Person with Down syndrome. Oh yeah, yeah. You've seen it. I have, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a program about uh, folks with Down syndrome and how like, right, what they do for jobs and stuff like that. Really inspiring stuff. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I think um, I think in, te- in in general, sort of like, I don't know what you'd call it, genetic differences. Because um, I think calling it defect is cruel. Do you know what I mean? Does it get called a defect? Well, I think that there's definitely a lot of people who would consider stuff like Down syndrome, Asperger's and stuff. Mm. And I think that, like, I don't see it like that. What but... about if we go, like, a uh, biophysiological atypicality? Yeah, that'll do. You know I mean? Yeah, bang on. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Um, I think that it just means that your brain is wired to do certain things differently. Yeah. Because... Um, it's like, did you see that video about that Down syndrome lad who's, um, who's, a, who's a scaffolder? He's just mint at it. No. Yeah, he's just like on a scaffolding crew, just knocking about. Like, they all love him. And he's just he's just buzzing with it. You know what I mean? Happiest guy in the world. Like, got a job. He's loving life. Yeah. He's just like... And so I think about that sometimes and I wake up and I'm just kind of like, oh, why did I wake up? And I'm just kind of like, come on, mate. Like, you're fine. Like, yeah. I don't know. I try and remind myself that of all like of that shit all the time, man. So that you're not taking for granted the position that we're in, where we're sort of like young, reasonably healthy, just like in. We're not from any fucking awful. Um, you know, there's no child soldiers no, outside. Not grown up in like Sierra Leone. Yeah, yeah like I just. Nah. Like we're among the most privileged people ever to have existed. 
but the so Great far. Depression is our lives. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how often is this a myth that I sort of feel as if I may have used this in argument before, like, yeah, well, they've got their struggles, but the dads of their family don't come home and just be like, all right, everyone, hey, hey, and then hang himself. Do you know what I mean? Although is that, no, I, if I, I talk to someone from Sierra Leone, would they be like, do people hang themselves all the time? Yeah. It's awful. But I think about that a lot. Um, Bill Burr has a joke about it, which is like that guy smiling on his lawn going. The one to watch out for. Yeah, the one going, <laughs> they're getting so big. He's on the edge. Mm. Like, it's true, mate. Like, the amount of people, people who are crack happy. And I'm just kind of like, you're on the edge. Like, there's someone who isn't a little bit dour. Yeah. I don't trust. Yeah, it's not um, it's not apathy that you want to watch out for him. You know, someone's like, mm, yeah. mm. it's not like, oh shit, they're a, get them on suicide watch. It's people who are often, uh, well, I don't know, this might be, I don't really fucking know any information about this topic, but it seems as if, in my own experience, it's people who are super temperamental, might have substance abuse issues, or, you know, people with high highs, really like manically, like, yes, but then they have that equal you know, high threshold for the, for the bad. Yeah, big time. Is that true? I think so, yeah. Um, I should have called this podcast something to do with, like, do you know the term, uh, what's the term? Ultra-crepidarian. It means speaking from outside um, your sphere of experience. I mean... I should have called it something to do with that because I feel like on every episode we get into, I'm like, I don't really know about this, but, you know, I read a, an article one time about it. I mean, like, no, I reckon I can speak on it with a little authority. You know what I mean? Oh, my days, my stomach is killing me. If you can hear that on the microphone, it's my stomach screaming at me. Because um, all I've eaten is like four, like four biscuits and a bit of Tanya's pie. Um, so it's yeah. not, not a euphemism, that. Just No, just a genuine, like a nice steak pie. Go round and get stuck in a bit of Tanya's pie, lad. Awful. Awful, man. But like, yeah. I'll just watch from the closet. <laughs> it's more Dude, I'm glad that I'm. I'm actually really glad that you made it because I thought it'd be really easy. Dude, if I'm even if I hadn't gone out last night, if you just wake up wrong or whatever, like can we just postpone it or whatever? And I do it. I do get that. It's like people postpone, but you've come in, and I wanted you back on yeah. because that that was like there was a reason that it was you that was the clear choice for episode one. So. Dude, you can come back every fucking... What episode's this? Episode 17 or something. You can come back every 10, 12 episodes, whatever. Sure, man, because it's just nice to hang out. I, I think... No, we'll get into it. I think it's the older I get, the less I see you, my friends. Yeah. And, like, it's fucking killing me. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you're right. I seem to have a very good ability to just go out, get absolutely mashed, and then wake up the next day and just feel fine, and then go again. Yeah. But the flip side to that, is that I wake up more stairs and I'm just kind of like, this it. Inhale, exhale, eat complex. What do you think, uh, because of the dearth of friendly interactions? Uh, yeah, I'm just becoming very bored of all this. Like, I'm just kind of, I'm becoming very bored of like, ah, fucking hell, you brought in the yogurt again. Oh. Is that office banter? Yeah, just office bullshit. Like, I just hate it. Don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against the people I work with at all. Like, it's just kind of like... It's starting to drive me insane. Yeah. Like, I don't get how... I don't get what the, what the end goal is. I've never understood that. You know, Because like, I understand that the point is you go to work, you do your thing, 
you sur- you retire for a bit, you go up Tenerife and you fucking die. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen um, Sorry to Bother You? Uh, no. Sort of about this conversation, to be honest. Like, uh, capitalism and like the, you know, the menial jobs that you're expected to pretend to be passionate about. Mm. Just like, oh, my fervent, my ardent dream is to be a telemarketing manager or... Which, and... Again, like not shitting on anyone that has these jobs. These are like necessary jobs, and you know some people have dreams of of like making some money, which obviously we definitely can't have those dreams because we're not making shit, but that's, or they have kids or whatever. But you're expected to pretend, you know, and you can't just go in and go, look, I'm just I need some money, and this job gives money. You're that's expected what, what, to pretend that you have a passion for it. That's what's been great about when I worked at that outbound call center. It's because that's exactly what it was like. We walked in and was like, look. First day, like, our manager sat us down in his trainers and went, look, it's a shit job. But do what I say and it'll be the best shit job you ever have. Yeah. And it was. It was mint. And I loved those people. They were nice people. Because usually I'm quite... My extroversion has took a big dip in the past few years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, usually at work now, I fucking talk to no, no one. Like... I'll have a chat, you know what I mean, if people engage with me, but, like, I don't know. I just don't... It's weird, because, like, I'm starting to realise that the only thing I want to do is just make music and hang out, like... And the fact that I can't yet do that all the time burns into my soul. Yeah. And I think we'll get there, but, I mean... (sighs) I remember having that, like, an epiphany or realisation in my teens where I was like, wait, you don't just have a right to exist and do what you want. You, you have to, you're like born into servitude, basically. Like yeah. you, you have to pick a job else you die. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's, that's fair. But I mean, it's more kind of, I think about it a lot about like, not just billionaires, as in like just people who own businesses, like, I don't know, that just, what do you do? Oh, we are, like for example, insurance. It's a mental idea. I get it. You know, like, oh, you pay in a little, everyone pays in a little bit. So if anything happens to you. We can sort you out. Mm. It's kind of like, but imagine if the government just went, here's what we're going to do. We're going to add a tenner to your tax every year. But if anything happens to your stuff, we'll just sort you out. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't trust the private sector to do that. And there's loads of jobs like that. Like, for example, there's a book called Bullshit Jobs, which is like corporate lawyers only exist because other corporate lawyers exist. Mm. Um, and there's just a lot of them jobs where I just think like what are you thinking like I don't understand the idea in someone's head of what do you want to do with your life make a lot of money why I don't don't understand what the end goal is that's how you get stuff it gives a fuck yeah but also think about like this if you had money if you had no um, you know you weren't needing to go out and get money that means you can now focus on your passion on music. So if you could just get that done, then now you free yourself up, you buy yourself opportunity, you buy yourself time with that. Well, it's the work, though, that creates the meaning, I think, though. Like, I think if you're doing some, working for so, something... So the job ultimate, like, I think for some artists, you resent the idea that there needs to be a job and you want to do art without it being for money. But are you not as idealist as that? You'd ra- no. You want to be doing music for money well yeah because i want to be able to have material sort of feedback 
for what for, I'm doing. For anyone listening who might not have seen previous episodes, Breezy's in a band called Rivet City. And uh, right, right. that's, yeah, that's what you're talking about, yeah. isn't it? Or are you just like, it doesn't matter what it is, mate, I'll be a rapper, I'll be no, whatever. No, no, like the band especially, but I mean like, you know, doing stand-up, doing podcasts, whatever. Like writing. Cre- creating. Yeah, and like, I'm, because I, I came to a big crossroads in my life where I'm just like, am I doing something necessary? Because let's be honest, like, doctors and nurses and people who fill in holes in the street and highway, sorry, motorway servicemen and ambulance drivers and policemen, mm. they're doing necessary stuff. Yeah. I just, a lot of the workplace to me just seems quite unnecessary. I think a lot of it is unnecessary. Um, banks, I understand why they exist, but I just find them quite unnecessary. Like... It's like that Michael Moore documentary where he stood outside the stock exchange going like, can anybody tell me what an option on a dividend is? No <laughs> fucking knows. I've not seen that. that it's, insane, mate, it's amazing. Um, but again, I just think, you know, insurance and loans and mortgages and all that stuff. Like, really interesting fact is like, I still don't know how I feel about the Soviet Union, but the way that they used to catch KGB agents in America was that none of them had any concept of what a mortgage was because the state just gave you a house. Right. Crazy. And it's that kind of thing that I'm getting at is that I think the point we're getting to is the fact we're just so much unnecessary splurge in the middle of everything. Like, how best do I describe this? So I think you need to line up all the businesses you can see and go like, what's the point in you? Like I used to work, for, I worked for one day, uh, Creepy Carlos. Like it was a, it was like a scam company. We walked in. And they were called the uh, Ratings and Valuation Company. <laughs> uh, and um, the guy was like, I don't know where he was from. He, he sounded like Portuguese. And I walked into the interview with my suit on. And he was like, right, so here's what you're going to do. It's been outbound calls. We're ringing up businesses to try and get them discounts on business rates. It's, it's basically like what helped bankrupt a lot of like, local authorities in America. It's, it's real slime ball shit. Yeah. And um, I didn't realise at the time, but it was like one of them like boiler room uh, call centres where like these people walk around like, come on guys, you know, like the phones hardly work, all the computers have got viruses, just cowboy operation. Got you. And like, I didn't realise at the time, but it was just like, I want you to train my staff in the interview. And I was like, right, it was like, I'll give you 22 grand a year. I want you to train the staff because you've got experience in outbound calls. And I was like, at the time, I was very big balls. You know what I mean? I was like, went in next day and we're all sat there getting trained I'm just kind of trained and I'm just kind of like I don't know if I can do this because then he was like I want you to make notes on everyone and tell me how the training's going and I was like what and then one of the lads came up to me and was like you're not doing the same thing as us are you and I was like nah and I was like yeah I'm supposed to make notes on you I never fucking made notes on anyone you know what I mean like, I was like fuck you I'm not dabbing people in this shit so sat there and then like I started noticing, I was like, what are people here? And I was like, so what happens? They was like, oh yeah, we get paid after like a month, but you've got to do a, stick out a month to get your first paycheck. And I was like, how many people stuck out a month? He was like, oh, no one yet. And I'm just like, hmm. And the second day, I came in. And you know when you just feel something in your soul just going like, run. So I sat there, I looked about and was like, I can't do this. Like, stood up, looked to the lad next to me, I'm going. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going now. 
stood up, put my coat on, and then like the manager was walking around the room. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'll be back in two minutes. Just give me two minutes. Walked out, just put the pass on the fucking table and never came back. Yeah. Like, scammers, mate. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's there's so many companies like that, just slime balls. That's yeah. what really... Dude, the piece of shit, most piece of shit companies are the ones where... I did match betting one time. I was like hard up for cash. Do you know what match betting is? Yeah. So like basically you just give your data so that they can make an account basically. You have to make the account but then they give you a capital that you yeah. put where they say and then you make whoever's invested, the, whoever's money it is, you make them grands and you get to keep like a couple hundred quid or whatever. By the way, I get 50 quid if anyone <laughs> signs up with my referral. Um, but yeah, because I did that and I signed up to all these accounts, every day now I get five texts from like spin360.com, betfairway. Do you know what I mean? Just like, hi, Peter. Oh, remember, we've got new games. Like, you can get five pounds off your next bit. And it's just like, dude, these people have an illness. Do you know, gambling addiction's no joke. That's another seedy bit gambling. I fucking hate it. Like. But it's, these are not drug dealers. Like, we've got Pucker haze, but it's like <laughs> sanctioned, legal targeting of the you know, exploiting people that are vulnerable and just being like, remember to do gambling. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll do, I guess yeah. I'll do gambling. Well, no, one's, no one ever bet on anything because they were all right for money. Right. Ever. Yeah. Like, it's not a service that is required. I don't know. What about um, you literally doing it for a laugh? Like you go, I'm going to go in with like this much money and then we'll just get our adrenaline going, have a buzz and then uh, get out of there at the end. You ever seen anyone happy after that? Um, yeah, I did that in um, Dominican Republic with Johnny. I mean, I've just never seen anyone like happy after that. Yeah, like you, but you just you've spent hundred quid that you might spend going out getting hammered and just having a good time. You spend a hundred quid, but instead of hammered, you're getting like, yeah, oh my god, we were playing big hands and like betting big and losing big. And you just, do you know I, what I mean? I don't, that's what I me. Mean, I don't get. That. You, don't, you just don't see the appeal of gambling. No, like, because I think. I thought this a lot when I went travelling, where we were only rich because we were in another country. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, there's something I don't like about that feeling. That's something that we didn't, that we failed to remember to talk about on podcast number one. Travel tell me, stories. tell me about that travel story. <laughs> well, like, in fairness, like I don't call it a holiday because it wasn't. It was a trip, man. It yeah. was just a trip. Like, it was a very odd mix up of people to go together. Yeah. And like very quickly we siphoned off into two groups. I'm not going to mention any names, but they know who they are. And yeah. like, it got to the point where one of our friends basically like, we started to notice something was wrong. And basically what happened is we, I just watched one of my friends basically have a mental breakdown for an entire month in another country. This is because you're hitting it hard while you're out there? or I think it was coming anyway, but... I mean, he was hitting it hard, yeah, but, like, full-blown, like... I watched that man, like, rip off his vest in a car park in the rain and just scream at the sky. <laughs> like, Goodness. Like, it's just me and, like, me, my mate, and then just, like, 18 shaking Cambodian people. Just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it was weird, mate. And just loads of stuff, like... It was not... Un not like, it was not... Oh, what's the, what's the word? It wasn't shocking... To walk into the room, and uh, excuse me, and someone's like fucking a prostitute there, and then someone else is just like I don't know, just on their second bottle of whatever, and like just sat about laughing, like playing music, having a chat, and I just walk in, it's like morning, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. 
sit down and read my book. And it was just fine. Someone's banging next to you reading the book? No, no, as in, like, I'd just be sat there, like, just trying to block things out. Yeah. And there's someone just, like, banging there. How long are you on this trip for? Month. Yeah, because that's... If you go for longer, you pace yourself a little bit more. Mm. Month, you can go fairly full we tilt. We went hard. Yeah. yeah, and, like, weird stuff was happening, like, drinking mushroom milkshakes and, like, all the rest of it. I mean, I allowed that. We all nearly died. So let, let's play, like, Thailand bingo. Um, moped accident. All of us. All of you had separate moped accidents. Yeah. Okay, anyone injured? Yeah, we all, we all did, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, of course, we got enough. But it was fine, I've still got a picture of my mate just crailed out, like on a bed. Tattoos? Yeah. Anyone get a dodgy tattoos while we're yeah, out yeah, there? Yeah, one did apart from me. Cool. Yeah, but you went skinhead for the first time. Yeah. So you went with her, and then that Came was it. with none of it. Yeah. So every time you look in the mirror now, you're not like, Thailand. Not really. Like, I, I, it was a nice trip, but I knew yeah, what you I was... You counted as a net positive overall, the trip. Yeah, I mean, because I knew what I was going for. What about some, uh, what about acts that might be considered illegal in the UK? Hell of a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, the weirdest one that happened is I met this girl called Zoe, who has a kid now. I should really get rid of her. Is the kid Facebook. bald? Oh, technically, yeah. Very just, few just come out of her. <laughs> nah, nah, like... Um, I came out with a um, little bit of hair on top. Same eyebrows as I've got now. Absolutely bush lords. Ridiculous. And... Uh, Massive nads, just big old bollocks on me. <laughs> big old patakiangs. Yeah, yeah, big patakiangs. Not true now. Little pee bollocks now. When I was born, these big old, big balls on me. And like my mum said, like her mates would come and visit. Like, oh, how's he doing, Alison? Oh, Jesus Christ! Just looking Look at, at me. his balls. Well, he's just, you bought him a tiny space hopper when he's only just been born. <laughs> but yeah, Zoe. Yeah, the weirdest thing that happened on that trip was I met her and her mate and this cage fight fighter started having a go at me on the street because they had these, like, harem pants on. He was just like, what are you hanging around with him for? He's fucking flesh off the plane. Like, clearly just wanted to fuck this woman. Yeah. And so I was like, right, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to psych you out. So I was just like, I'm not stopping you from talking to her. Go ahead. I'm just going to sit here and smoke a cigarette. And he didn't know what to do. It was fantastic to watch, like, because the best way to deal with meatheads is yeah, just never let, been met with chilled vibes. Yeah, before. just let them dig their own grave, and then all you need to do is just, yeah. and they'll just fall into it. Fantastic, like, yeah. watching him try to engage in conversation with this woman was one of the most hilarious. And he just you wait till it all till the wheels come off, and then and then just like get her and just go, oh, better luck next time, mate. <laughs> and then just leave. Well, I just wandered off, and then they just met me in a bar, but like. In fairness, it's one of my one of my favourite pastimes with people in general. Is just give them a little push, like see what they do. You know what I mean? A little bit, um, little bit psycho though. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit psycho, but I mean, like the world's doing it to me every day. So like giving you a little push. Just give me a little push every day. Like every day, we get one step closer to going postal. Do you know what I mean? Like, every day. <laughs> Like, because every day there's Damn. something else. Is that is that the path you've laid out like in front of you? I'm, I can't be arsy in forty. You feel like it's a spiral. Yeah, I'm not going to see forty. Keep in mind, breezy, like full uh, little disclaimer. Breezy's fresh off a three day like <laughs> action right now, so. <laughs> no, I'll tell you this after eight hours sleep in a nice bath. You're not going to see forty. No, I don't know. I don't fancy it. You'll get to forty, man. You'll be alright. <laughs> Maybe. I think I'm going to get hit by a car. To be honest. Everyone feels like they I mean, how old are you? 25. So, until, yeah, early 20s, I was convinced that I wouldn't make 30. And then it was 
around, you know, sort of early 20s, mid 20s, where I was like, maybe I'm going to, like, I just had this overwhelming feeling that there's no way I could live something terrible was going to happen or I would just end up in prison or, you know what I mean? And uh, now I feel like I'm going to live a long, Yeah, you're going to live long, man. We'll be fine. Statistically, you're likely to have a longer life. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, for example, though, like things happen to me that I'm just kind of like, one of these days I'm just going to roll the dice wrong. Like, for example, with that Zoe, we were chilling, and then she bumped into this lad who her mate was seeing, and he was like, oh, come back to our place because he owed the money. He was like, I'll come back to our flat. And I was like, our flat, Um, on cue there. Uh, she's like, I will f-, and I'm like thinking, right, I don't like this. So like, we're sat in this buzz chilling, because they had these like little taxi slash buzz things. It was weird. They're like vans. Got off at their apartment, and he went upstairs. And I don't like apartment buildings, people I don't know, because it's very hard to get out of them. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I'm in a different country. It's four o'clock in the morning. I've got to get my flight tomorrow. The lads don't know where I am. I don't know where they are. I don't know where I am. I'm just like, right. This is where I die. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm going upstairs and I'm just like, any minute now, he's going to go in. Because he was like, I'm going in my room getting your money. He's like, I'll show it to you in a minute. In my head, I'm just thinking, he's going to come out with some kind of weapon. So I looked to the side in the kitchen. There was this big kitchen knife. And I was like, right. So I grabbed a tea towel to make sure my fingerprints weren't on it. Jesus Christ. I just like held it. And luckily, say like the fridge was here. The door was there. And you couldn't see behind the fridge. So I just held it behind the fridge and I was just like, right. Holding the knife ready. Yeah, because I was like, if he comes out with a weapon, I'm going to have to kill him. So like... Well, I, I feel like there wasn't... The evidence that he was clearly going to get a weapon wasn't present in the way you told the story. Yeah, I've just got, I just got a bad vibe from him. He was a bit creepy, do you know what I mean? I was just kind of sure. like... And plus I'm paranoid anyway. So I was kind of stood there like, right, if this motherfucker comes out, I'm going to have to either brandish this and run or I'm going to have to commit a murder in a foreign country. So I'm stood there like, I was getting, I had to get seriously G'd up because I'm just like, right, I need, I need to be ready. How many people do you reckon have killed each other because, you know, like of both come out with knives? Yeah, because both of them are paranoid that the other one's going to have. Oh, fucking loads, man, for sure. I mean? For sure, but like, because when you're paranoid though, like medically, things don't make sense anyway. Yeah, you know so I mean? you're also not in a good mental space during this, yeah. like, time anyway yeah like I'm burned out and I'm just like right okay like I'm about to kill a man this thing's about to happen and luckily he just came out with a big wad of cash which made me even more nervous so I'm just like what's about to happen and then he gave he gave her the money and he was like right come on then and like he opened the door first and that's when I knew we were going to be okay because like always let the person lead you in never go in first yeah so like, I was like right so I slowly put the knife down and just walked out and then we're walking downstairs and I made sure that he was in front and I was at the back because I'm like if he turns around I can just boot him downstairs like, <laughs> but you got to understand right like this is what I'm thinking when I'm with people all the time do you know what, what I mean like not with friends as in like you know like if, if a new person arrives the first thing I think is like you assume they might be trying to kill you pretty much yeah I'm just like are they a threat to me I just feel like that's faulty reasoning, though, because what's the... I mean, obviously, you, if you weigh up the risk, then it's like, well, probably not. But if the risk is that I'll die if I judge it wrong, then I might as well assume the worst. But, I mean, how many people have you had try and kill you, though? I mean, not many. But, like, 
So have you had a couple of people try and kill you? I've definitely had people who were after causing me considerable harm, yeah. Yeah. But like, and that... And oh, I've, dude, that's one of the stories from Thailand. Was it Thailand when you were on the boat? Yeah. Tell the story, man. All right, this is a long one, but like, so we go out on this boat trip and it's all over the internet warnings about this boat trip, but we didn't read them and went anyway. Yeah. Like this tuk-tuk driver called Ping, who was a cool guy, still, drink, still rings me every now and then. And I don't pick up, but like, because he rings me at like three in the morning, I'm just like, what are you doing? But anyway, um, sorry Ping. But yeah, so we go there, and there's three of us, we get out, sorry, four of us, we get out, and I'm already a bit on edge, because I'm just kind of like, I look around, and there's not a lot of tourists about, because we went in tourist off-season, just before the monsoons, so... You know, there's not many travellers about anyway. So everyone, everything's a bit more low-key, but everyone is a bit more on you to get cash, yeah. you know, because it's off-season. We walk into the thing, and we're just like, right, we want to do the boat trip, like, you know, the floating markets and stuff. He's like, right, $40 each. And we were just like, nah, not paying that. And he was just like, $40. We were just like, nah. And we just started walking out. And he was like, all right, all right, I'll do it for 25 and we're just like, okay, 25 it is. And then this guy come out, big gangly Cambodian. And if, like, if you ever met like someone, like a Cambodian dude, like they're fucking big. Like they lines in like stocky, loads of like stocky motherfuckers. And like he was tall as well. And he just had a look in his eye. And I'm just like, this is not going to be good. And he looked straight dead in my eyes and was just like, you the three guys for 25? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, bad day for you. And I was like, that's Inst- how you started. Instantly, I was like, ee, 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 danger, danger. Do you know what I mean? But at that point, you know what I mean? If you're skating on ice, you might as well do a flip. So I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so like, we're walking down, we get on this boat. All the other tourists go on this big boat. Everyone's partying, drinking beers, having a great time. We are on this four-person boat on our own, just going down. And we're like looking, being like, why are we not? And then his mate gets on, driving the boat, and then this guy turns around and he had the most intense eyes I'd ever seen. And then this kid just appeared, like this Cambodian kid, and like, he must have been no more than about 13, but like a 13-year-old kid beat my mate Sam in an arm wrestle. Like, a 22-year-old man. Like, and Sam is no slouch, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was kind of just like, we're about to die. They've got us surrounded, do you know what I mean? So I'm sat on this boat, like, Right, keep it together, please, keep it together. And luckily, we brought on some bottles of beer. I'm just drinking these beers. And it was tense, man. And, like, we're knocking about. And he looks at me, and he's just like, oh, so what's your name? He's told him his name. And then, like, as he's talking to us, we notice that one boat, the big boat, goes right into the floating village. We go straight on into open water. You're getting the VIP journey. Oh, no, mate. Because, like, that, apparently that lake is, like, the biggest lake in Cambodia, something like when you looked, you, it went off into the horizon. You got it for 25, man, that's... Oh, mate, what we got bargain. for 25 was terrifying. So, like, we're going into open water, and I'm just like, this is not good, this is not good. Like, they're taking us into open water. And then he looks, and he's just like, my people around here, you know, very poor, not a lot of money. They depend on the tourism. And he looked, and he's just like, we're going to take you to an orphanage, and you can help them out by buying some rice. And at that point, I stood up, I've just mentioned his name, please bleep that out. Got you. Um, stood up, looked at me and went, this is a scam. And just went to the front of the boat, started sunbathing. And I'm sat there like... So then this guy looks at him, just shrugs and gets closer into my face. And he's just like, yeah, we're really poor, you know, really poor. Like, 
children here, like, they need this money. And I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to squeeze money out of us. It was really intimidating, like, because he got mega close. And he was just focusing on me because I was the only person engaging with him. Yeah. And everyone slowly started moving out to the front of the boat. So it was just me and oh, this guy. Oh, your boys just left. Yeah, just left me. So I'm just, me and this guy, I'm just holding it together thinking, right, this is not good. And then he looked, he got literally about that far from my face. And was just like, I got a big knife at home. We're going to go see it. And I'm just like, fucking hell. And I'm there like, right, okay, okay, this is fucking real now. Engine cuts out. Kid drops down behind me. I'm just like, this is it. Like, I'm going to have to, this is about to go down. And so like, what, what's the plan though? Well, the plan was is that as he was talking to me, there was a, I could see a... Big boot in the kid's chest. Ooze. Well, in fairness, the plan was is that, good thing about being paranoid is that it always feels like you're a step ahead because you're always just like, right, okay. What can I use as a weapon in this room? Where are the exits? Yeah. Where are people located? Yeah. So like, I'm just up there and I can see a beer bottle rolling towards me. And then like, I'm just like, where are we putting the beers? It was like, we're not throwing them in the lake, are we? And he was like, no, 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 just, just keep hold of it. So that gave me the excuse to pick up the beer bottle. And I was like, right, what I'm gonna have to do now is I'm gonna have to fucking break this bottle over, the, over this guy's head as fucking hard as I can. And then either stab the kid or stab his mate. And we're gonna to have to get. And we're gonna to have to get. Always the stab the kid. That's my motto. <laughs> we're mad because I'm just like we're gonna to have to get out of there. Because if they if they wanted to kill us on that boat, they could have done, and no one would have ever found our bodies. That's true. And I'm just kind of like, right, we just would have been four more, four four Englishmen lost today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'd take ages for anyone to even figure out where we'd gone. So like, because we paid in cash for everything. So like, we're like, right, okay. So I'm stood there and I. I tense my grip around this bottle and I'm just like right this is getting this is happening now the kid starts moving and I can feel the kid moving do you know what I mean because it's a boat I can feel him I'm there like and I'm like look man I understand that you're poor I understand this in the the village but where I'm from we're poor as well like we're only out here because we saved our money a long time we can't sort you out with loads of money we just can't do that and he was just like that's a shame and then didn't say anything, and I'm just like, and then, done it again, looked, and saw me, and I made eye contact with him, and I said like, you know what I mean, like, so, and then, I don't know how we thought of doing this, but the, the tension was instantly dissolved, and apparently what he was thinking is like, what do all men love? Tits. And he just went, got on his phone, and just went, to the guy who was driving the boat, and I was, hey! And the attention just broke instantly. Like, the guy turned around, looked over, and they're all looking, laughing, and I'm just like... <sighs> and then, like, the kid gets back up on the roof. But at that point, his mate had, had... The game was up, do you know what I mean? His mate had fucked the game You already played the, played the hand. Yeah, yeah, like, the, 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 the tension has gone. Like, all the... All sort of intimidation is, is now over. Yeah. So then, like, they start up the engine again, and he's looking at me like... We drive into, like, the bit where the main tourist boat went. So they definitely weren't supposed to take us there. Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether they were just trying to shit us up, but like, yeah. And then we got there. They tried getting more money out of us for like the orphanage. We was like, nah, fuck that. Take us back to land. Take us back to land now. And they were like, all right, all right. Took us back to land. And then Tilsley started coming out in us instantly. The second our feet touched fucking dry land, we were like, fuck you, what the fuck are you saying? Ah! Like, fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Everything from Walking away. And I'm just, in my head, like, because the, the tension needed to be released somehow. 
Because in our heads, we were just like, this is it. We've survived. Do you know what I mean? And we're running away. Big fucking mistake. All you hear is him say something in Khmer and people just start fucking appearing from everywhere. Like, you know, when you're sort of like in a kind of warehouse or something like that. And then it feels like people are coming out the walls. Yeah. When, like, you know, when loads of people just flood a place and you're just like, where are they coming from? Just for reference, Breezy was at a warehouse rave in Liverpool a couple <laughs> of nights ago. So so you know what I mean, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and they start walking towards us, what, not running, walking. Most intimidating thing I've ever seen. And like, we're running, we run back to this tuk-tuk. We get in and we're like, ping, go. Fucking go, 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 go. And they're like starting to shout shit at us, like walking at us. And I'm just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I'm like, Ping, we'll give you 20. And he's laughing at us. And I'm just like, Ping, we'll give you $20. What are you thinking? Ping is one of them. Basically, yeah, I was like, is he in on this? Because he'd been sound to us all the way through. I was like, Ping, get us the fuck out of here. So we get, we drive off and there's people in the road like, dude, like, oh, it was fucking hanging. Then another time that was kind of like that was when I went out drinking with what I used Was it like that scene in 28? Days later, you know, where they get out of the house and he's running and they're all, and then he jumps on the boat and he turns around and they're all just stood. Stood, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. But, like, I understand, you know what I mean? Like, some fucking white English guys turn up and start giving you shit and not paying you the right money, like... Yeah, maybe because you tried to haggle them down, they thought, oh, now it's on. Well, now the thing is, I, yeah, now it's on. But it's like, I would have been happy to pay the 40. You know what I mean? But I'm just kind of like, all right, yeah, we're getting fleeced, but it's $40. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... We, we came here with like a grand each, chill. But like, a beer cost like 50p, like, yeah. it's fine. But like, there was a lot of stuff like that. Like the time I got, I went out drinking with like this, what I only can shoot, assume to be like sort of a local gangster where we were staying. Because like, he took us to where like the Khmer people eat. Like, yeah, this is, what does Khmer mean? Uh, Cam- like, it's like another word for the, Cambodian The local folks. language. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, do you want to come out eating with us? Because he owned the hostel we were staying at. And every night he'd sleep in a hammock downstairs with a machete. Um, which Standard. Which was pretty wild, but like it was cool. Do you know what I mean? Like He was a nice guy, was Tom. Like, that was his name. He was like, my name's Tom. He taught me how to cook catfish, actually. He was a really nice guy. But like, um, And it was the opposite this time. Because like, I knew, for some reason I was like, he's all right, him. He's not going to fuck us around. And there was, outside of the village, there was like a strip of light, light, like street lights, and then the street lights just disappeared. So it was like a wall of darkness. Yeah. And it's like, go ye not to the darkness. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, he was like, oh, come for a meal with me and my friends. And we were like, all right. Like, we jumped in a tuk tuk, like, another, another thing, like, drink driving, just, just fine over there. Sure. Everyone smashed, it's fine. So we're driving down, having a good time, drinking beers. And it looked like a big sort of like aircraft hangar type thing, but like smaller, you know what I mean? It was just tables everywhere with these camping stoves in it. Kind of like, you know, like one of those um, Chinese um, stew things, where you put hot pot things, yeah. you put whatever you, it's like that. He got chatting to us, drinking more beers, having a good time. Like we said, oh yeah, listen, we'll buy you the meal. It's all good. And then he was like, oh, meet my, meet my sisters. And these two women walked over, didn't see the resemblance. I'm just like, you're not his sisters. Sure. And he's like, keep drinking, keep drinking with us. Like, you know, and we're like, why does he want us to keep drinking? And everyone kind of got on edge. And like, he could see that we were on edge. And he was like, oh, do you want to go out with one of my sisters for a bit? And we were like, nah, nah, it's fine. I'm just like, oh, he's trying to proposition us with prostitutes. Yeah, he's pimping them out. Yeah. And like, 
And then and I feel like that's less alluring than someone saying, I'm a pimp and these are prostitutes. Would you like to go on one of them? Yeah, yeah. Like, these weird. are my sisters. Like, fuck, I wish they were prostitutes, mate. <laughs> I might have thought about shagging one. Well, it got weird, man, because everyone got on edge then. And I'm there like, guys, calm down. Because in my head, I'm thinking, we're in, like, the wrong side of the tracks bit now, where there's no lights anywhere. If we run out of here, we will die anyway. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we've just got to hold this down. I want to preface all this, what I'm saying, by saying I'm one of the most paranoid human beings in existence. So all of this might just be in my head. Do you know what I mean? Got you. But The boat one sounds genuinely like there's no mistaking what was going on. Yeah, on the boat one. one was terrifying. Yeah. But like this, like, he was like, keep drinking. And then my three mates were just like, nah, we're going to get off. Do you want to come with? I'm like, nah, I'm staying with this guy. Because I was just like, if he thinks that we're, if he takes that as an insult, we're mm-hmm. fucked. Weird thing that happened in that, restaurant someone dropped a tray and i saw what it you know because like the cambodian genocide is like not that old um and i think it was only like the 1980s or something you're asking the wrong guy man yeah i didn't know there was a cambodian genocide yeah look it up it's horrific like um i will do (laughs) right after the podcast we can (laughs) laugh about it on youtube (laughs) yeah the khmer rouge man brutal mofos and like the whole country is like scarred from it and someone like dropped a fucking uh, a tray and the entire room so I went and it was like weird man it was weird yeah it was kind like of in like in the UK someone drops a tray like, loud noise everybody get low do you know what I mean yeah. like, it was weird and anyway so they all got off and I'm just sat there with this dude just drinking his, his sisters wandered off and he was just like I like you Jake come to a bar with me and I was like alright so I get on his tuk tuk on my own and they're looking at me like I'm like nah that'd be fine Go to this bar. There was a queue outside. And this is when I knew something weird was going on. All Cambodian folks in the queue. And he just walked straight through them all. Like, with, next to me, he was just like, no, we'll come in. It was like, you know that scene in Goodfellas where he's just like, I like to go better this way. You know what I mean? Like right. down. And we just walked straight past everyone. And the girl, like instantly, like the girls in the front, straight there. Hi. Didn't know what they were saying. And then he taught me how to say, uh, can I get a beer? Which is Bong, bong Sun BMI. And he was like, go over to the bartenders and say that and then point to me and they'll fucking love you. And I was like, all right, did it. And it's like, women behind the bar just went wild. It's like, oh, like give me a hug and that. And like saying hi to him. And he was like, do you want to get a booth? I was like, yes, yeah. so we get taken to this private little room. And we're like, now suck my cock. <laughs> like, and then we just sat there drinking and he's like, oh, do you want to get a girl? I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh no, they just, um, they just, open the drinks for you and hang out with you. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I talk like a bottle girl, but personal. Yeah. And that made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, because I'll be honest with you, like the sex tourism stuff and like the prostitution stuff in Thailand, Cambodia, like really, really made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I was like, all right. Were you saying like even just chicks that are meant to be, waitresses and stuff if you just offer them the right money they'll just oh that that happened like there was a thing where you could pay off someone's um shift so you basically say look she's getting paid like 30 quid for this shift we'll just give you the 30 quid that's like an established thing that you can do and then they just knock around with you yeah which again is creepy as hell like i mean i've seen a couple of people do it and i was kind of like we had that a couple of times like if we're if we've been in asia before where it's like you can't tell if someone's being friendly or not. You're like, oh, the people here are really nice. And then this, you're like, oh, 
I think he wants us to give him money, actually. See, I didn't mind that, because I was kind of like, you know what? Like, he's on the hustle. He could still be a nice guy and be on the hustle. You know yeah. what I mean? That's fine. Because like, the way I see it is that if, you, if you're living is tourism, then that's just what you do. Yeah, fair. Like, and like, for the most part, everyone was really nice to me. You know what I mean? And then we got into this booth, and I was like, right, I do I defuse this without pissing him off? And I was like, I tell you what, we'll spin this chopstick. If it lands on me, we don't get the girls. Okay. If it lands on you, we'll bring them over. Lands on him, I'm like, fuck. Well, fate decided for you, man. Well, they, yeah, and they come over and they're chatting and he's chatting to them both and one of them keeps looking at me and giggling and I'm just like, what's happening here? Do you know what I mean? And um, he was just like, oh, these guys, these people want to take us to a massage parlour. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Like, no, thank you. He was like, he was like come on, man. I'm just like, nah, nah, like... I don't want to do that. Dude, you're already too deep in this place. You're like alone at this joint with yeah, him. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. But in, but in my head, I was kind of like, if I crack now, then he's not going to have any respect for me. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, there's got to be a point where I stop appeasing him. That's how peer pressure works, isn't it? Yeah. And so I was just like, nah, man, look, I just want to go back. Because in my head, I thought as well, my three mates have gone. If I don't come back, they're going to know he's done something to me. Right. So right. we fucked. Do you know what I mean? So in my head, I'm like, nah, I'm safe. I'm okay. Yeah. Because, like, it's not worth the police. Because, like, Cambodian cops are mental. It's like, it's not worth... Mental. The, mental. The foreign office and the police being like, where is this missing backpacker? Yeah. So, like, he took me back to the place and he was like, oh, do you want to make some catfish? I was like, all right. So we went to the market, picked up some catfish. And I'm just stood in this little kitchen with him, just, like, making a fried egg with some catfish. And we're just eating, just talking about our lives and stuff. And then, like, just as we were going to bed... Gets his machete out, sits in his hammock again. He looks at me and he's just like, I like you, Jake. And points the machete out. <laughs> Gestures the machete Yeah, and I was like, I like you too, Tom. And he was like, you're a good man, I like you. And he was just like, your friends though, they're crazy. He was like, be careful. Your friends are crazy? Yeah, he was like, they're crazy. Because like, in fairness, like, they were doing some wild stuff. And he was just like, they're crazy. They'll get you in trouble. Be careful. Right. He was like, you ever need help, you come to me. And I was like, okay. And then the very next day, my mate nearly died of uh, nearly died of dehydration and heat exhaustion because he popped a massive whitey from weed pizza. And Tom was there being like, holding his drip up. <laughs> the, the crazy part is like, all these like stories take up. That could have even happened on the same day. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a month worth of these. You have them. Yeah, I could be here for hours. But like, I don't want to make this all like the, the, the chronicles of Breeze. Do you know I feel what like... I mean? uh, Sort of like the Joey Diaz of, of pretension. Or the, sort of the Theo Vaughn as well. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you, dog. Yeah. But no, like, I've had an interesting life. But like, it's just at the moment, I'm just not having a great time. And yeah. I don't know why that is. You know what I mean? Well, I do. Like, but. Well, you're a, uh, a musician in your mid 20s, mate. Yeah. That's what's going on with you. Yeah, I mean. You know, things are starting... You've got to be excited about some of the things that are coming... Oh, hell yeah. Like, like, things are progressing and, like, big shouts has gone for the neck for, like, believing in us and helping us out. And, like, I can feel the momentum building now. And we've got... Yeah, know, I didn't realise you'd got a thing going with them. What's, yeah, yeah. What's the situation? Like, Dave Beach is the man. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's really helping us out and, like... I, I like to call him Sig Beach. Sig Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves it. But, yeah, so that's good. But I've been just in general, like, I got... It's just a very... A weird time to be sat in my own head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, What's going on with these um, 
tunes that we shot for you a couple of weeks ago. Vamanos came out. Yeah, and then we've got... Um, the date that this episode drops, you'll have to speak as if things if things have dropped by that point. I reckon the 15th of March. Uh, so we'll, we'll have just played the Extinction Rebellion event in Manchester. Yeah. And then we'll have Atherton coming up. On the Saturday? Yeah. Saturday coming. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the 21st. Six days later, yeah. Yeah. So if you're checking out this podcast and you're from the Lee Atherton, Tilsley, Astley area, consider coming to the Snug to watch Breezy. Yeah. We're going to um, use that gig as a sort of like very local single release party because like we're bringing out Foot Slogger at the end of March. It's a ticketed thing. Yeah. but um, The ticket's just... probably gone, mate. So. <laughs> But that, if you just swarm the venue, there's only ever like one bouncer, two bouncers. They're not real bouncers. They're just like heavy dudes that the owner knows. So just swarm the place, bum rush them, <laughs> get inside, turn it into a fucking yeah. They having it, but yeah, it's so that's gonna be fun. Um, but I think that's it, mate. I think that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. Like one big thing that I've come to realise in the past couple of months is like I don't really care about being happy anymore. I just want to make sure that I achieve everything that I said I wanted to achieve. That's a form of happiness though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, I think a lot of people look at happiness as... Because you could get, like, you could get um, short-term, you know, like, fixes on your happiness. Like, oh, I'm content with this, or this is a pleasurable experience. But if if they've not got this feeling of um, contentedness, this feeling of, like, accomplishment, then it's all empty. It's all just, like, superficial happiness. I think for some people, not for me... I don't, I think we talked about this in episode one, like I don't think, I don't sort of ascribe any um, any value to deriving meaning from things. <laughs> like yeah. I don't find any happiness in that. Um, but yeah, for a, a great many people, m- most people, I know I'm in like a, a little minority camp there, but yeah, for most people, um, they would trade in having just like a good time that they're really loving and, you know, feeling a shallow sort of happiness they would trade that in for a feeling of uh, accomplishment and a feeling of um, you know mattering and being able to um, derive value from the types of things that you are setting your sights on yeah I think you're right it's, I think with that though you've got to make a decision because I was talking to a girl on a train home the other week like Ahmed she's from Australia nice lady and like she said, she said to me like but with this music, can it not just be something you enjoy doing? And it would be great if it would be great if you did make it, but you just enjoy doing it. And it's like, no. And I don't know why that thought doesn't compute, yeah. but it just doesn't. I mean, it's sort of a shame because it would mean probably that you won't sit and take stock and enjoy the process, which is the reason that people might be jealous of, like, oh, I wish I got in a band or, I, you know, like I am doing the nine to five thing and like, and they're looking at artists or they're looking at, you know, young creatives or whatever and, and thinking like that looks like so much fun to do that job and you're in it and not really appreciating the thing that everyone would envy about it. But then I think if you did just become like, Yeah, it is pretty good actually, then you would you'd sort of be less hungry. Do you know yeah, I, mean? I was thinking I was playing shows and like doing music is a microcosm for life anyway. Because you have this massive high this a lot of grinding and a lot of like keeping the burner going. And then massive highs and then and then a massive high and then poof yeah and like it just it's it's very addictive 
You know what I mean? Is it a weird feeling to? I've heard it. I've heard this described about um, stand up, which obviously you do as well. Have you got any stand up? Yeah, gigs I think I've already done it though. By the time this comes out, I got sure. one on the third of March. So you're just doing them like intermittently, like just that. for fun, yeah. Um, so that's sort of when people are like, oh, but what about the bandy? Like, well, I use the comedy for. I'm not really like trying to make money and get places yeah. in comedy. I'm just doing that for the for the buzz. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've heard it said in comedy that it's crazy. I think Ben Silver said it. Ben Silver came on a couple of weeks ago um, and he was saying, if you do really well, no one cares. And is that what it's like? You smash a gig and you're just like, that was the best gig we've ever done. And like the rest of the band are like, no way, this is incredible. And you're like, yes, boys. And then you don't get rang up off, you know, like a, the business, the execs the next day, like, we'd like to sign you for a 10 album deal. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, it, you know it might as well not have gone well for, well, that's, for that's how the, it's affecting... Well, that's a strange thing, yeah, because no matter how much you smash a gig, as soon as everyone files out that room, you still got to put all the gear back in there. So it, I feel like, is that, a, is that a reason then to try and enjoy the actual the process rather than trying to get anywhere with it? Because if you didn't enjoy any of it... Oh, don't get me wrong, then like, you you got all these highs that you've that failed to hit, and then if it ultimately... Because there's a lot of look it's not just skill like oh, yeah. if, if it was a meritocracy then you would have you'd have the album, album 10 album deal or whatever but there's so much look opportunity and all, all these other things involved with it that if if it ended up not happening ultimately you know like not coming to whatever you've got your sights set on then you've not even enjoyed haven't you enjoyed it i've loved it mate i've loved every second of it but i think that the bits that get you down are all the it's the same with life. It's all the extra bits. Because generally being alive is pretty mint. But it's just the fact that, like, when the extra bits grow to the point where it becomes unmanageable. So, like, I think... I have a way to describe this. So, I think um, you could have it with anything that you're pursuing. The fact that the highs that you had last year become mundane because you're looking for the next step and the next step and the next step. And... Whether that's a good mindset or not. For example, last year, I looked at the Spotify before and like one of our tunes had like 8,000 plays. I'm just like, damn. Didn't even see that happening. Yeah. I'm just like, that tune has been listened to 8,000 times. Like, yeah. That's amazing. That, that's on what? On Spotify? Yeah, and I'm just like, that's been listened to 8,000 times. That's yeah. amazing. Because like, I often, I think I don't often appreciate how big of a number 1,000 is. Yeah. Like, imagine a thousand people. Imagine a thousand people stood in that room. A thousand. Yeah, that's like everyone you know on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's like the limit of probably how many, like, people you can truly remember. You know what I mean? It's much less than a thousand. But you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, you could have a mild recognition of their Yeah, face. sure. But, like, I won't remember the name or anything, but, yeah. So, that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. But I think... Because it... Imagine saying when you first started, was it called Albino Gorilla? Nah, yeah. If you said like one day you'll be on Spotify, 8,000 people will have listened to your tune, you'd have been like, no, how how do I get this? Yeah. You know what I mean, like that would have been something that you would have been buzzing with. And now you're just like, that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. I, know I, what I mean, I mean, it's the thing, I don't want to sound ungrateful in this. It's all like, for example, when I watched Fleur's episode, calling her by her first name, like I know her. But, um, Fleur Rouge. Yeah, um, I've actually been. Listening. Shall we just shall we mention all the past episodes and, like, at some point? <laughs> Greatest hits. Direct, yeah, that's the, my new strategy. Is just like on every episode, I direct people to all the other episodes. But I think people should watch the episode. 
Because like the Fleur episode. Yeah, that's been one of my favourites. It's in my top three. Yeah. Just because like it was nice hearing someone else who's doing the music thing have a completely different take on it. Like she's yeah. such a positive human. Yeah. Definitely never seen gravy in her life. Like I've I've seen like very few people more southern than that woman. Sure. But like I like I assume she's a cool person though. Like yeah, she's cool. I didn't mean to be I didn't mean to insult, but like, you know. But what is gravy for what is gravy? You don't know what it is, do you? <laughs> but like yeah, and it was nice listening to her talking about like doing opera when she was a kid and like having that opportunity to go around and do that thing and now she's just like Making tunes. I appreciate you watching the episodes, Bruce. I love it, mate. I do love it. Like, is it weird to be on it then? If you've because on the first time you came on, there was nothing to watch already, so yeah. you sort of set the precedent. Now you've seen episodes, and now you're back in here. Is it, does it feel different? It does, yeah. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm talking to you, is try and figure out as well what people are actually going to want to hear. You right. know what I mean? Because like, don't get me wrong. I think so. The, not as not as uh, autopilot as the first one. No, because like, I'm trying to think like you know. I could come in here and be like, and you say, how are you doing? Like, I'm like, I'm doing shit, how are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, talk about things that are bothering me for an hour. But like, yeah. why would I want to do that? Like, if you want to know. I don't know though, because like the, the tone of the podcast isn't strict. I, I, I tried to make sure that it wasn't, um, you know, overtly comedic, that it wasn't specifically to do with, it could every episode could have been to do with music, like the contacts that I have and stuff. It could just be like a music oriented thing. You know, it, it could be any number of things, but I, I like that it, it is um, free to be whatever a conversation can be. You know, in real life, you don't go like, oh, I'm going to go and see Pete. This is what we're going to talk, talk about. about yeah, yeah. You, you just, we turn up and then whatever happens, happens. And, and if you're talking about things that bother you, that's, you feel bonded even, yeah. do you know what I mean? You feel like, Maybe I feel like, oh, you know, say if I'm having a stressful time, listening to your problems might be like, oh, everyone's got their own problems, might help me contextualise, yeah. helps, helps me feel like, oh, you know, like it's nice to for someone to share and be vulnerable with me for a second. Well, it's cool, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I mean, God, being honest, I had like, at the same time, I had one of the most beautiful experiences I've had around in my life like the other week where I'd barely been to sleep, insomnia was racking me. And I just got on my bike and it was like six in the morning. I was like, right, I'm going to go to Platfields Park. I'm going to watch the sun come up on the hill. And there was just geese everywhere. And there was one of the guys stood there and he seen me coming. And he was just like, yo, how's it going? And like, it was a bit, a bit of a mad guy. We were just chatting and then like, he was just like, look, bro. like, And all these geese were like sort of like grey sort of colour. And then there was one like white duck and he was like, there's always a white guy in there. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> and just watching these geese get about the business and getting right up close to you and like eating stuff out your hand. He's like, yeah, I've just been feeding them, bro. Like whenever I feel sad, I just come here and I just think, well, you, these guys were all right. They've got their little house over there. Like there's a little island in the middle of Platfields Lake. Little goose hoose. Little goose hoose. And like, <laughs> and then he just got off and off into his life and I was just up there like looking at all these geese like talking to him you know how are you doing mate what if he transformed into a goose and just flew off <laughs> like fucking animorphs yeah but yeah and it, let's direct the listener to the Amber Hall episode <laughs> of the podcast <laughs> but yeah it was it was pretty cool and like I think that's what's different about getting older I think as you get older little moments of bliss like that become very few and far between. Yeah, I mean, when you mentioned before that, say, uh, I can't remember in what capacity you were mentioning it, but um, for that, you chasing highs that you once had and as you get older, you, sometimes 
certain behaviours can start to exacerbate, you know, like can start to uh, go too far in pursuit of these, um, you know, chemical highs. Um, I found that in, you know, late teens, early 20s, when I was just like trying to get, I was trying to just be like, I'm going to die anyway, so I'm just going to have the most that life's going to, you know, give me. So it was just, you know, whether it was, I don't know, whatever, just living intense, living heavy, living hard. And then now, properly dialed it back and lowered all my thresholds, do you know what I mean? And, and now I just like to uh, put my gloves on the radiator half an hour before I put them on or have a uh, milk chocolate hobnob, do you know what I mean? These are the, these are my favourite things in life now. That's, that's cool though, I like that. It's like, I still don't know where I'm at with that. Like, I don't know... Well, you didn't seem to mind those milk chocolate hobnobs. Oh, they were beautiful. Ago. They were beautiful, but like, I'm saying that I'm still unsure of where I stand and what actually like, makes me content. Not what makes me happy, but like what makes me content. Yeah, you're in your mid-20s, you don't have to know what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what you want, yeah. Every, like, who knows? People who've decided, that's just because they don't like the feeling of not knowing, like the feeling you're having now, where you're like, oh, I should know. They've just given up on the, on, you know, just living like you're living and just decided, I'll just decide this is what I want. And then, mm. and then just live by that. But then you end up getting to 40 and go, oh, I didn't even want that. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I got that house. I started saving. I got with that person and then got a mortgage. I got that job. I did this, this or this. You know, people who s choose a path. It's crazy to me that you're told basically to choose a path at the end of high school. Crazy. Choose your options. Get to college. Continue whatever you did in your GCSEs at A-level. Get to uni and do that. Get in your relationship. Have your kid in your house or whatever, you know, in your career. And then... I mean, awesome. I'm jealous of it. If you manage to get to the end of your life, you go, that was incredible. I'm that just like, mint. fuck. But the fear for me is that you go, oh, wait, I don't think I actually want this. You know, when you get to, because you're not even an adult by the time. They're asking you at like 14, 15. To like, make decisions. I, do you know what I mean? Even I wasn't ready to start making decisions like that. I'm still not ready. I don't know what, yeah. I don't want to choose a career now. Do you know what I mean? Nah, damn right. It's like, I look around at a lot of people that I know. And like, there is a little bit of envy there. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, man, like, you've just got it going. You know what I mean? Like, most of my friends now are in stable relationships with like jobs that they like or like whatever it is. Or, you know, they've decided oh, I'm just going to go traveling for a few years or whatever. And like, I. It's a grass is greener thing though, man. No, it I think is. People no. don't want to be a front man of a band. No, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm very, very happy with my lot in that, those terms. I'm very, very proud of what I've accomplished and achieved. I still don't like listening to my own music, but like, that's a... None of them. I don't like doing it. It's weird. Nothing. Like, Not one bit. What about the videos? Like, once I put them Not out, even Tall Homes, Breeze. No, in fairness, man, I'm very proud of that. It was sick. It was a mint day, but like... I think it's mainly because I'm just like, it's for other people. Oh, is that how you think of it when you're watching it? You're not like, this is a product. You're like, oh, this reminds me of a cool time that we did together that day. The Tall Homes video does. Yeah. But most of the other stuff, I'm just kind of like, I've done, I've had my joy from it when I was making it. Yeah. Now this is for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, Any, anyone, uh, like, it's, it's just has been otherwise, isn't it? It, well, it passes on ownership. Like, like it, you relinquish ownership. And it's a nice feeling because you kind of, because like, don't get me wrong, like, I don't like people listening to my music when I'm in the same room as them because I'm just kind of, even though they like it, I'm just kind of like, look, man, like, I can't do that. It just freaks me out. I don't know why. It just does. 
but yet when I perform them live and I'm in, the, I'm, in the, I'm in the practice room, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. But like, at the same time, a lot, a lot of people ask me, like, how did you get that? How do you do that? How do you start figuring out what to do? Man, I could ask anyone in a stable relationship, how do you get, how do you do that? How, right. Because you can't make people love you. You can't. Yeah. Whether that be friends. the first step is or, you, uh, you ring your mate and you go, Peter, I need to find love. Can I come on your podcast? For episode 17, and I'll speak down the camera. You can do it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what I mean is that it's, I think everyone has the same questions about different bits of their life. Like yeah. people ask me, like, how do you, you know, I mean, how do you feel about, you know, doing shows and how do you, you know, make music and things like that? Whereas I always want to ask them, like, how do you figure out how to express your emotions in a non insane way? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm not very good at doing that like intimacy is something I'm very very lacking in yeah it's, yeah, it's just trade-offs for different types of behavior isn't it like some people who might be in a solid relationship are like oh mate I wish I could speak publicly openly vulnerably some people are just never ever being leveling with you do you know what I mean mm -hmm. like I, I, I know it's something that you have no problem with like it's something that I have attempted to be good at like my whole life is just being able to be open and be there to connect with someone genuinely and honestly because a lot of people just like oh oh, oh, oh you brought a yogurt in again today like you know just always yeah. speaking in bants or you just you're like dude just speak i mean it's just you and me here just speak to me but then again then you do it and then people call you intense that'll fuck you up if you come across as intense that'll mess your mind up yeah that'll really mess why because like a lot of the time, I'm just fucking saying what I think. Yeah, and but then, like, I think what people are saying really is like, I think it's a way to make themselves feel better that they can't be as um, forthcoming, as candid. Yeah, that's fair, but at the same time, like, when it's... Intense guy's cool. I don't know. Like, If it's euphemistic like that, guy was fucking intense. Just like, I hope I never see that guy again. But just like, I, I've known people where I'm like, yeah, I like them. They're intense. Yeah. Like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but it's just... just you wouldn't agree that you're intense? I think I am, but like, I, the, the point I'm making is that I don't understand how to not be that. Right. Because when I'm just expressing myself, I'm just doing it. Like, I don't think about it. I just do it. Like, if there's something on my mind, I'll just say it. And I'll just say it the way that I want to so, say so it. That's an admirable trait, I think, man. I mean, it is, but it alienates a lot of people. And that makes me quite sad. Yeah. Um, fundamentally, you won't be able to be compatible socially with a lot of people because of this, this quality that you have. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, I do have some very close friends, but I have a shitload more acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, I think most people do, but I think that... Would you say you got any best mates or one of them like oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah what what does that mean for you a best mate someone who's not bothered someone who like you can just ring them up just go look man um, I need your help and they'll just come yeah. There's no question. It's just... Like they've got nothing to gain from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. It's like, it's not a transactional thing. It's just like, I need your help. They're thinking like, oh, well, um, am I going to be able to post pictures of that? 
on my yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, or like even even more so is like when someone doesn't even need you to ask for help. They just go, "How you doing?" Yeah. It's like my mate Sam the other day. Like they said, "Do you want me to come? Do you want me to come round with a, a cake for you?" Yeah, yeah. Like my <laughs> mate Sam the other day was like, "Don't seem like you've been doing too good." Yeah. How you doing? And like, do you know what? I always have this weird thing though, where I've had friends, like acquaintances, people I'm not particularly like best mates with, but sometimes friends or whatever. And if someone gets in touch with me, like, "How you doing, man? Yeah, you you good?" I was, you know, you know, watching a, a video that you made the other day. It's really good. I always think. Does this guy think I'm depressed? Is he trying to stop me from killing myself? <laughs> I just assume that, like, why are you checking? I'm good, just leave me. There's some pussy shit, this. Yeah, and it's, like, I, I love the... Like, I like to check in on people, so it's weird that I would react that way yeah. if it's coming back my way, because I like to... What was I reading the other day? And it was about, like, men, mental... Hashtag mental health, you know, like, men need to be more... Like, bring awareness. Like, men need someone to cry. Like, oh, And I just think, is that not... Is it not just obvious, though, that you should... Like, you tell your boys that you love them. Do you know what I mean? Do you not find that really condescending? Yeah, like, as if men don't know how to... Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, admittedly, though, I know guys who... Like we were talking about the type of guy where you're like, just be real, just be normal, man. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like be normal, dude. It's just like office banter the whole time. I don't mean like in the office. There's people I know who I've never, yeah, you know, just go on nights out with, and I don't feel like I've ever spoken to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just they're just walls and walls and walls of. Well, some of my closest mates, I kind of feel like that with. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, it's in there. You know what I mean? But you're not. Are we biased though? Because we're. I'd probably say if you're an intense guy, I'm an intense guy, and we're just like completely open just too like just divulge too much like I'm sure people have gone fucking you know I'm just like I got fingered in the woods when I was seven years old and they're like oh Christ <laughs> well you're just like sipping on a cup of tea at yeah, 10 in the morning yeah, yeah. yeah but so maybe we're not qualified to judge what the appropriate level of <laughs> of candor is you know no, I mean? maybe not but I mean see I didn't really want to go into it because like Every single podcast that I've listened to at the moment is just like, let me tell you about my mental health. So yeah, like, yeah. no, man, like, I get it, it's cool. Yeah, because it's a little bit patronising, I think. Is it, that's why it's annoying to hear so much of, don't you think? Well, yeah, because I mean, my sort of outlook on the whole thing is that like, listening isn't enough. Like, your true mates are the people who are helping. I've said it, I put it up the, the other day as a post, it's like, look, the true people, your true homies are the people sorting, helping you sort your shit out. You know what I mean? Like, it's not enough to say to someone, oh, man, I'm feeling bad, and they go, yeah. Like, mate, if you give a fuck about someone, help them. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. hard, is it? Like, all it takes is you going, right, this is going wrong, so this is how you fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even if it's just, look, lad, I'm not letting you do that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not hard. Not offering to go for a drink with them anymore. But pretty much just, like, stop getting pissed, if that's what it is. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to the pub. Yeah. Do you know what I think is a valuable... To, maybe that you'll have to set me straight if you think this is like counterproductive, but shaming people. <laughs> <laughs> right, my housemates hate me, but I bet for the the amount that I love shame. Yeah, like shame is one of the most important things that humanity has ever discovered. Yeah, because shame will stop you from fucking up. Yeah, like, sort of like lets you know, and that you feel like that it, it like incentivizes it against the behaviour that you're being shamed for. Yeah, so like. You know, someone's just eating like a, a piece of shit all the time. Yeah. Like, like, I, like I do that a little bit. And it's so, like, oh, a little bit of, oh, I had a good Christmas, didn't you? And, 
<laughs> and then just like lose all the weight, you know. You're just like, like that oh. feeling of intense pain in your chest, where you're just like, Ugh. yeah. Or you know, like if uh, say if I posted a, a Instagram story or something where you you you're clearly trying to like look cool on it or look nice, or and someone's just like, ah, you love yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you vain cunt, and then you're just like, hi. <laughs> Like, I just will never do that ever. I won't act like that again, you know? Yeah, like, honestly, I think the Amish have got it right. Shun people. Is that what they do? Yeah, you don't see anywhere like that. Banish they, people they, from like, the They, like, turn tribe. their backs on them for, like, years. But they're just, like, they won't look at them in church and they've got to, like, live in another little bit. Oh, it's just, God. like, shun, shame. Like, I reckon if we, did, if we had a bit more of that going on. Well, mine's, like, not, you know, good-natured raillery, a bit of badinage, you know? Like a little yeah. witty repartee. Like I don't I don't mean cutting something like Full a blown nas- social nasty shame. Yeah, I'm not talking about nasty shame. I'm talking like constructive uh, humour shame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, hi, it's a joke, but there is a little there's some shame in there. Yeah, there is, yeah. You know? But I think sometimes though I think people need it. Like dudes who are creepy. Shame. Shame. Oh, yeah. Shun. You know what I mean? Like, have you got any examples? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was this lad who we used to know, who I'm not going to mention the name of. Is um, there any chance he's going to be checking this oh, shit out? There's no way he's checking this. All out. right. And um, he was just a bit odd. You know what I mean? He was always a bit odd. And um, one day, like when our mates come up to me, she was just like, "Man, like, we went on a night out with him." And when he got back to ours, like, he was, like, hugging me too much and feeling me. Yeah, like, long hugs. It's creepy. Weird. But the thing is, though, is long hugs can be okay if they're given with feeling that is genuine. Well, if it's time for the hug, though, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm just really... <laughs> and then it's like, oh, shit, this is a hug moment. But, you know, just, like, hugging for no reason. When you're leaving and you're just like, okay, see you later. And then you're just, like, hugging for a couple seconds too long. Do you know what I mean? You can get around that, though. If it's a proper squeeze. Yeah, an active hug. Yeah, a proper squeeze, not just like... Yeah, just touching bodies together. Weird. Yeah. Which is usually what I try and do to avoid feeling like that, is I will angle my body away from the person and just hug them with my top half. We just did that a moment ago. Yeah, but like, you'll squeeze them in the top and then angle away from the bottom. Yeah, don't let the private parts touch. Yeah, basically, because then it's weird. I go try and get just a cock and... At least one ball against her leg. <laughs> and just be like, if, can you feel that? That's how I like, that's how I... <laughs> it's nice, that in tit. Look, you've put blood in it. <laughs> you've put blood in it. Good girl, you deserve that. <laughs> that's how I do it. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm quite a huggy type of person, but like, I hope that it's not construed as that. I don't think it is. Yeah. But like... Yeah, and he was very odd. And then after that, things were never the same because we were just kind of like, that's not cool, man. It's like, what are you doing? Like, straight up, it was just like, what are you doing? Oh, it seems a shame, though, because maybe he's just, like, a little bit socially inept and he, he fancied this girl, did he? Or was yeah, but like, the situation? And then he was just like, oh, I'm enjoying this, like, physical time, you know, just a little bit of this. Yeah, but if it's not reciprocal, yeah, then it's not cool, is it? Yeah, that- it's sort of evidence that he's not tuned into the wants or desires of others he's just taking yeah. physicality physical intimacy and proximity from her rather than yeah 
Yeah. I'm not going to lie, as we're talking now, I'm going through every person I've hugged in the last like 48 hours, I mean like... Was that, was that a risky hug? Was that, was that weird? Was that not? Um, I think... Yeah, do you know what? I find that, just long hugging, pretending that there's no ulterior motive, even creepier than straight up just like going, Aah! you know, like dry <laughs> humping someone, you know, just like la- like a, a joke, too far sexual hug. Do you know what I mean? He's like, fuck off, what are you doing? Like, I find that less, much less creepy than just, this is nice, you're like my sister. Do you know what I mean? That's like the creepiest. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's creepy. That. I got, you know, I, <laughs> we've not really done any of the, um, sometimes before a podcast start, I'll just bullet point a couple of things maybe I can, I can bring up or like, but then they always just start and then we're off and we just follow whatever we start, you know, God knows how long we've been doing, how long do you reckon we've been doing this now? Who cares? It's got to be a, a little bit anyway. But the, I'd only written one down. I don't know why. I just had an idea the other day. I was like, oh, Breezy can tell me like little niggling medical issues that he's got. And I'll like diagnose it for him. Right, okay. I'll help him out. I'll do it. that. Because I, I just thought it'd be funny because I have no, you know, there's, I'm just going to be offering complete shit advice. And then you get to, because, oh, this was why I thought of it. I thought I have things like that, you know, just where, oh, I've got this scar tissue on the inside of my cheek where I keep biting it and it's it's really annoying, but you can't tell anyone about it because they just don't give a fuck. You're just yeah. like, I keep biting my cheek and the more I bite it, the bigger the scar tissue. So I keep biting it and they're just like, oh, that's that's really interesting. Will you tell me again? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I love that that's how older folk communicate, just in symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, after I fell. Well, it's gone up my leg now. <laughs> And obviously, you know. But the floor's yours, man. You tell me some of these little, like, oh, I keep getting little shooty pains in my gooch or whatever you... Um, and then I'll give you some... Uh, I have a weird sensation here a lot. I think that's because of my condition. What's the condition? Oh, I've got a gynomastia. Oh, yeah, you got the old... The um, old man titties. Which I've got to admit, the more I say it and the more I talk about it, the less shame I feel about it. Yeah. I'll still probably not ever go swimming again. But, well, yeah. I think you're in a lucky position where it's a lot. It's nowhere near as bad as it could be. Yeah, like I've got to admit, at least there's a little bit of perk there. Yeah, they're not floppy because you're like somewhat, you know, in decent shape, mm. slender dude. Do you know what I mean? If if you're in bad condition, then... oh, it'd be bad. Yeah, but yeah, so like I think like with that comes a little pain in my left nipple. Oh, yeah. um, it's my bad. I always call it my bad nipple. Dude, I had um, when I was starting puberty, I had, I think it was called prepubertal mastitis. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. ten. And I got like, it felt like I had a ball bearing inside my nipple. That's why I've got about 24-7. Little ball bearing in there. Little like, it hurt. pain, yeah. But like, I went to the doctor and they were like, it's not cancerous, it's all good. And I've got have, have you got big burger nips? Yeah. Like, what are we talking? Pepperoni, CD. I'm, I'm talking. <laughs> helipad. I'm talking like, about the size of the small hole in the CD. In the middle. That's, it, that's a normal size man nipple, that. I got little 5P nips. But yeah, it's like I get a little bit of pain there a lot. It's difficult to sleep on my front. Um, I find that my back hurts when I sleep on my front now. Can't do it. Um, um, yeah, here's, here's my. Before we move on, <laughs> my uh, Peter's Doctor Peter's prescription is uh, you need to get a a good firm pillow to wrap your arms around when you sleep, so you're not going to roll onto your front because it's like so. You know, it'll sort of fit between those those bad lads, yeah. 
Yeah, and it uh, offers a little bit of cushioning bit of against, against the breast. There you go. Alright. Your dick hurts, did you say? Sometimes, yeah. Let's, you know, um, you just get a little bit of shooting pain in your dick sometimes, you don't know why. In, down the urethra, on the inside. It's not the outside of the dick. Mm -hmm. Sharp. Yep. Yeah, sometimes get that. I think it's because I try and force the piss out too 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 quick. Yeah. Like, you know, just like, <laughs> try and get the PS out, you know, like the, so I can really slice a hole in my toilet. Don't know, you just feel like, you feel more uh, virile, don't you? If you have a good, strong jet stream of a piss. Yeah. If it's just, just spraying out, like a, you know what I mean? Doesn't feel good. You want to have this, light yellow laser beam just shooting out. I think about this loads, you know, like, imagine having to be a chick and sit down every time you piss. Yeah. It's so inconvenient. Yeah, you got to, like, get a bit undressed, sort of. Yeah, like. whereas, like, dudes can just... Yeah. And it's pretty We much... could literally, if say if we were hammered right now, we might even just, like, pull a jug over and take a piss in it. And it'd be fine. Just chilling in yeah, this, in this room. Yeah. Yeah, it is good times. <laughs> it is really good times, that. I mean, there's a lot of things, that I do think about it, because like, the female experience of the world in general really fascinates me, because it's so different. Yeah. And I'm never going to know what it feels like to sort of walk into a room and feel the eyes of desire on you. I know, how crazy is that? It's very hard, That's isn't it? all guys wish for all the time. You're just like, oh, it'd be mint if, I wouldn't just, know. if yeah. girls wanted to shag me. That just that's like your fantasy if you could just command the sort of power that every female has, like loads of them. But then again, though, it must have happened to you at some point. You know, when someone you really, really don't fancy is really <laughs> pursuing you, right? And it's like you have this really strange mix of emotions of like fear and sympathy and flat flattered but also kind of like... Imagine dialing that fear up, though, because some chick's trying it on with you, you're not into it, but she's not going to, like, club you over the head. Yeah. But a girl, it must be in the back of her mind, like, this fucking guy's an ape. Yeah. He'll just smash my head in. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, walk into a room where 80% of the room have the have the physical sort of makeup to do you harm. Yeah. It's mad. I've, I've likened it to being in a prison for a guy yeah. before. Um, although you said there's this cocktail of um, sympathy and fear and flattery, mine, my recipe is like way skewed because it's just, it's mainly flattery. Like, I, you know, if just some like smackhead woman at the side of it was like, hey, all right, all right, you want to come on with me, love? I'd be like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> I'd be into it. Like, you ever, it like, goes a long way. You ever experienced like real hot share from someone who's, made a sexual comment or advance upon you shame hot, real mean? hot shame like they, they say something sexual about you and you feel shame yeah like it's happened to me once on a buzz and i completely understood why cat caught like in that moment obviously i've never experienced it fully but i understood in that moment why like what it must feel like maybe a little bit because mm -hmm. like i've had a couple of women grab my dick in a club but that was weird not at the same time but like separate occasions and that was really shaming. Didn't like it. Hated it. Because like, I was just doing my thing and all I felt was, and I was like, whoa. And then. Yeah, I've been into that, man. Nah, I was like, like, yeah, get it. What's going on? 
you know? No, like, just, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of sympathy, you know what I mean? I think that it must be very frustrating to just get about your day. Yeah, because, I mean, look, like, you're probably in a similar position to the types of women that you're talking about feeling sympathy for. Like, I'm not because, you know, I'm just a fucking animal. Like, <laughs> if you're, you know, if, if it's a woman, then I'm just like, yeah, I can see what what might be attractive about this. <laughs> you know, there's no one. I'm just like, oh no, not you. Whereas for girls, it's like 99 percent of their suitors are just like, ugh. Do yeah, you know what I mean, it's weird, man. Um, I don't know. It's like, it, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff when I see it. It's like men, and I'm just kind of like, I get there's there's always people going like, it's not all men. It's like, yeah, but I bet it feels that way. Sure, yeah. It's why, I can't, it's why I can't have a gripe about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think it's the same as, you know, when, uh, say, you've been, well, you don't drive, right? Not anymore. So, but maybe you've Not been... since the incident. <laughs> <laughs> so, say you've been pulled over or you're in a mate's car, you get pulled over, the police stop you walking, whatever, the police stop you for some reason and they're asking you questions and a lot of people are just like, the fuck are you asking me a question? You need to be out there catching criminals, mate, not talking to me. It's like, they don't know you're not a criminal. Yeah. You're out at this time of night. You're a boy racer. You're what, you know, there's reason enough. They're not pulling this out of nowhere. They're not knocked on your front door and be like, let me search your house. Do you know what I mean? Just, you probably were acting suspicious in some yeah. way. So the police need to, in order to make sure nothing's going on with anyone, they need to be questioning you right now. And then you just be compliant and then, it's over. Yeah, for the most part, if you're white, right. you, I don't think you can have a beef with sure. the police. Like, yeah. With the exception of, obviously, like Irish travellers, stuff like that. Right. But as a general rule... Admittedly, yeah, you're getting like a, a less fair... Um, you know, you're not, not getting the same treatment if you're um, a minority or whatever. But the, the point was only that um, you can't be upset that you are being sort of judged... It negatively, like this is for white, this is for anyone of any yeah. race, by the police just by default because they have to approach it from that angle because everyone they're dealing with all the time is a criminal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So as a guy, if a girl's like distrustful of you or for any any number of reactions that she might have from dealing with knobhead guys, you've got to just accept that that might be the default in order to keep her safe. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've been driving with Zach before and he's thought, I want to, you know, oh, that girl's walking alone down the bypass. Like, should we give her a lift? And I'm like, we shouldn't, no, because it's going to scare her. And we shouldn't, even if she decided to get in the car, that you shouldn't be teaching someone that it's correct to get in a stranger's car. So, like, unfortunately, she's going to have to walk home on her own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fucked, dude. It's just, hell of a lot of that social shit. And I just, I get that, you know, like, it's the, monkey brain in you and stuff like that but yeah um, I think a lot of folks still have issues with trying to understand that there are consequences to their actions quite a lot but I think I know it sounds weird but I've never been into loud music I don't get yeah. it I don't get it what's loud any genre just not that you don't want the volume to be on. yeah just loud I'm just kind of like come on man there's other people on this yo street. I try and oh yeah yeah Fair, yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I would never do loud music for everyone else, but what about just in your headphones? Mm, or at a gig, the, the designated loud music zone? No, that's fine. Yeah? But, like, at the same time, I'd rather it be sound crisp and clear. Rather than just like, it's like I've never understood people like, I like my music loud. 
Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, and all you can hear is like the speakers slowly fucking committing Harry carriers. Like, Next door, man, they were blasting. They were blasting just like shite, shite tunes all the time, but just like one in the in the morning. So I let it go up to midnight and then I give a little bang on the wall. I've got a baseball bat and I just go... And normally they just, you hear it go down. Like for the first few weeks after we moved in, I was like, what the fuck is this guy listening to? And it was like, it's like loud music, but then crashing and scream, like you could hear crowds like... Wah. I was like, what the fuck is that? And music sometimes and sound effects. And then I figured out, I was like, he's listening to, he's watching WWE. I was like, what the f- is it a kid? What, what is this? And then you sort of catch a glimpse through the window sometimes. It's like a late teens sort of guy or whatever. But he was like, he blasts the most repetitive music as well. So it's just like trap mute, trap rap. You know, yeah. like, it's like, you know, that sort of shit. And it's just repetitive. Oh, it's so annoying. And then it got to like what he was blasting Billie Eilish the other night, which I'm like, I sort of like this album, so I will allow it, although it's gone midnight. And then the, I was like looking at the track list and I went, oh, he's on track like nine now, it's going to end in a minute and it'll be done by like quarter past 12. That went off. And then it just went back to the trap rap music and I knocked on the wall and it came down a little bit and then went back up and I was like, is he even a fucking party? Like, what's going on here? Tanya's got to get up for work at like 5am or whatever. So I sent a note. This You'll you'll like this because you'll feel solidarity that we're both... I know you've had problems with your neighbours before, the, the old chicken fiasco, <laughs> which you can get into if you want. But I thought, look, I don't want to get off on a bad foot with the neighbours, but you also have to nip things in the bud because yeah. you, you after a year being like, can you stop doing that thing that I've allowed for a year? They'll be like, well, why don't you say... I just wouldn't have done it for a year. Yeah. Um, so I sent this letter and I was like, hey, I, you know, this is from your neighbours next door. Like, um, I love music as well, mate, but midnight's a little bit late. So, you know, my girlfriend gets up at five o'clock, like, you know, after 12, like, just keep it down. And then I put something at the end. I was like, this is like Vince Gilligan style writing where it's like you read it and you go... And I can be like, oh, it's nice. That's a, you know, it's just nothing wrong with that. But there's something in there, and just the just the little the smell of a threat in there should be enough. I just put, let's keep it nice, right? Do you yeah. like that one? Yeah. Because I'm just like, you could say, yeah, just, let's just let's be nice. Let's just be nice. Let's keep it I'm nice. Like, let's keep it nice. Like, it's not going to be nice if you continue. Yeah. And I put from Peter, your neighbour at number. Whatever. Yeah, the veiled threat is the best threat. Veiled threat. Very thinly veiled threat. Yeah, but like, but it's. It's still, though, on a nice enough scale where... Because I often say this, like, the most like threatening, intimidating thing is someone talking really quietly. Yeah. It's been like, here's what's going to happen now, and you're just like... Have you seen Nightcrawler? No. So there's a, a part where this guy's going, oh, you, you don't know what you're fucking missing, man. So it's, it's Jake Gyllenhaal actually playing the lead character and he's trying to, like, rile him up and he's like, you, you'll be sucking my dick if I give you this offer. What the fuck are you... And then... Jalen Hall goes over and he goes, I feel like grabbing your ears and screaming in your face. I'm not fucking interested, <laughs> but I'm going to get in my car and drive away. And then, he, and then the guy's just left, like, stunned at the side of the road. It's a sick little bit, man. Beautiful, though. Beautiful. Yeah, it's really about, good. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that with that chicken because it doesn't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to tell the chicken, <laughs> tell the chicken tale? For anyone that's seen Jake stand up, a lot of the... Uh, um, stories have sort of taken the form of material over the years. But the thing is, again, though, it because whenever I tell a story, for some reason, I always make myself the bad guy. Sure. Because like, I understand that in my paranoid head at the time. Just tell it funny, man. <laughs> right. So like, 
this is back when I used to work for Royal Mail. And um, don't get me wrong, I don't like hurting animals more than anyone <laughs> That's how you start the tale. <laughs> <laughs> now, just at the start of the story, I don't like hurting animals. Well, I don't, but like, it's the same as that, like, I don't like doing a lot of things, but they become necessary. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, and so this, I worked at Royal Mail, I had to be up at like half five, six every morning. Every morning, even on a Saturday. And I had these Spanish people three doors down from me who just loved partying on like a Thursday night. I used to call them Fiesta Bombarda. Don't know if that's racist, don't think it is. But like, yeah. Luckily, I didn't have to deal with them in the same way. Because like, I think they were only students there for a year. But like, I was definitely like coming up with my plan of how to destroy them. But like, because <laughs> um, once I don't like you, that's it. Do you know what I mean? It takes a lot for me to crack. But once I, clack, I crack, that's it. Yeah. But um, all bets are off. But like, this chicken was in my garden and like, apparently, we, we did a lot of research into this. Apparently, when hens are on their own, they sort of display cockerel behaviour as like a defence mechanism. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like, and I've only got single glazing on my window. My, my room is the most ghetto thing ever. Like, there's like tape all over the side of the window so like, either heat in. Like, yeah. In the ghetto. So like, yeah, anyway. So like, I just lay there in bed. It's winter, it's freezing, so it's always misty outside. And all I hear is like, like really screaming. Like, cockles don't sound like cockadoodle, they're probably like, they're and dinosaurs, like, mate. Awful, mate. And I woke, I'd wake up, crap, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I sort of stumble out of bed, and I used to say in my stand up, like, I thought next door were like skinning kids at dawn. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I look out the window, and there's just this chicken knocking about, I'm like, it can't be that. It can't be. So I just watched it. It did it again. And then it'd hop onto the fence and jump down. And I'm just like, right, maybe it's just a one-off. So to whom did this cockerel, this hen belong? A family that had moved away. And then we'll get onto them later. Okay. So like, after about four nights of this, because I've got insomnia anyway, so I struggle sleeping anyway. After about four like nights of this, I was just like, this chicken has got to go. So... We went knocking around a few houses to see, you know, if it was anyone's. No one knew, knew who it was. So we're just like, right, what are we going to do then? And my housemate was like, we're just going to have to deal with it. I'm like, bitch, we're not going to have to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm on the, the, the first floor. It's taking, it's, it's keeping me awake. It's not giving you awake, keeping me awake. Yeah, so deal with it as in we'll just have to put up with it. Yeah, she's like, no, we won't just have to put up with it. I made my first mistake right there. Because I showed anger. I should have said nothing. I should have mm -hmm. just gone, okay. Because then instantly I was just like... You're suspect number one now. Yeah, it was like, this chicken's going. So, then the next morning, I mean, like, my hive is... Yeah, you should have defended the chicken. Like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, I'm best friends with the chicken. And then, like, cried when the chicken, <laughs> you know, disappeared. Well, I fucking start, I started stalking this chicken in the mornings. So, like, I'd get up extra early to, like, out... out wake it yeah and like i'd go outside and like sneak the, up behind it and go ah, it's, like the morning it's not fog. nice is it <laughs> <laughs> in its ear the morning fog and i was like right maybe if i just scare it so a few days a few days went and i'd just scare it away and then like pavlovian yeah just create a negative like, association with coming into my garden got you but then in my head i was like how many days am i going to do this i'm exhausted i i'm like it's beginning to show to all, my, all the people that I hang around with that I'm like not mentally okay because yeah. of lack of sleep. So I'm yeah. just like, 
Dist Why, what sort of time is this chicken getting up? Half four. Damn. Yeah. Every day. And Should have just kept it up at night. And I don't know where it went. Because it'd hop over the fence and disappear. I don't know where it went. Do you so reckon it was sent by your enemies? So what, you're going to get onto the own the previous owners of the yeah. chicken. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, they were nice people then, people. But like, and then after a while, I was like, right, this chicken just needs to go. It's a, it's, it's a little fucking dumb animal. Fuck it. Like, we kill millions of them every day to eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck it, it is crazy that I bet anyone listening right now is like, tell me you don't punch the chicken to death or, you know, whatever, just... Like, what? but what happens to the chicken? Or you said you're worried that you're going to come across like a psycho. Like, whatever you do to that chicken, everyone eats chicken all the time. These people that are, would be upset with the... I can't remember what happens at the end of the story, so yeah. I'm, I'm learning it as you're telling it as well. But every everyone's at chicken. Who, who do you know that's not at loads of chicken in their yeah. life? Yeah, exactly. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you've at shit tons of chicken. And if you still eat chicken, then it's just like unspeakable volumes of chicken. Yeah, you know that's I mean? the thing. That, yeah, like it's, it's killing on a mass scale. And it's the fact that like, you've got to times that by the fact that I'm tired. When I get tired, I get dark, I mean, really dark. Sure. And like eyes are bagged and I'm just like sat there like fucking start of apocalypse now, just like... Sharpening your blade. Every second I spend in this room, I get weaker and that chicken gets stronger. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so I was just like, right, I'm taking this chicken out. So in the morning I crept out into the garden. There's loads of like debris in my garden because it's rush home. There's debris everywhere. And like picked up this brick. And I don't know what I was thinking. It was in like high vis, so it definitely saw me. And then I just threw it at this chicken and I was hoping to hit it so that I could st stun it and yeah. then just wring its neck. Yeah. Because it wouldn't feel a thing. All right, it hurt the brick hitting it. Oh. But like... That's uh, the cow, the spirit of the cow. <laughs> like, no, the other farm animals. My mum got me this, for anyone listening, my mum got me like a cow-shaped, well, cow-themed balloon. It's not shaped, shaped like a balloon. It's a balloon-shaped cow balloon. And uh, I blew it up, and then the, if you want to get it on the camera, its face got more and more... Yeah, pretty terrifying. Yeah. In Breezy's fragile state right now, it's somewhat nightmarish. <laughs> but yeah, the, the cow perked up when we started talking about battering chickens. Move! <laughs> Move over. So, like... Behave like, yourself. Shut like, right. up. I'll just, Fuck off. I'll just... It's coming back. Sorry. The way that, like... Because in my head, I was like, right, I need... Because I didn't want to hurt it. I just wanted to kill it. Yeah. Which sounds weird when I say Could it. you have done it? Yeah. So you wouldn't have run over and grabbed it and once you felt its feathers touched it and then it's like, oh, looking at you like, oh, I've been hit. You're a human. I recognise humans normally as the ones that are feeding me. Like, well, how are you going to help me? Shut up. <laughs> just... <laughs> zero, zero remorse. Like. Yeah. Because I had to, like, we, um, like, our, our cat brought in it when I was living with my mum, brought a, a mouse in, or, like, what was left of a mouse, and this mouse is just fucked up. Just got to put it out of its misery. Right, so I was like, right, let's take this outside, put it out of its misery. So we snatched this mouse up and we take it outside, and I raised my foot up and I was like, ah, oh, Fuck. So I listened to my mum, I was like, you do, you do it, it's your cat. Like, I shouldn't have to have this on my conscience now. Like, your cat's done it, you... And she was like, no, and she's crying. And, I'm, and then I'm looking at Tanya and I'm going, you want it, we'll, 
get get a shoebox and we'll get an exhaust a hose from the exhaust and we'll run it in the shoebox and, and like no we can't do that it'll, it'll take ages to die it'll suffocate and I was like well I can't stand on it and we're all stood there in the street just like all teary eyed just going you're a coward <laughs> so, I know I'm a coward but you're a coward and we're going <laughs> and then like every you know five minutes we go I'm doing it now I'm doing it now for fuck's sake <laughs> and we couldn't even though if you ask me what should you do I go put it out of misery mate yeah easy peasy so, I mean, I had an opposite experience of this, where once I saw a baby bird, a baby pigeon fall out of a tree, and we all stood around it, and it was just in agony. Like, it definitely broke its back, and it was like... <laughs> and, like... <laughs> that's the noise it was making, like... You know what I mean? And, like... <laughs> I, like... <laughs> What's funny about that? <laughs> Action twice. I nearly asked you to do it again, but you just did it again anyway. <laughs> and it was in so much pain, and none of us could bring ourselves to kill it. And I looked, and I just thought, that's going to lay there now for about six hours, just bleed out. Yeah. And I just thought, I will never subject an animal to that. It's the same way in oh, the- But yeah, you, I don't feel like guilt through inaction is the same as guilt through... I think, I think it is. I think guilt around inaction is much worse. Do you think? Yeah. Hella worse. But, but you didn't even decide to be in that predicament. You've been faced with it now. Now you've got a decision to make. But you can also say, listen, I didn't even vote for this to have been happening in the first place. Yeah. So I'm just foregoing my, my turn to be involved with it at all. Well, it's like I've got an agreement. I'm not going to say with who. But if they ever get to the point where they can't, like... You know, where they're shitting themselves. Oh, dude, sign me up for that agreement. I'll yeah. sign. It's like, take me out. It's like, round. Yeah. But like, I, I remember looking at that and being like, I can't, I, I won't put myself in that situation. It sounds weird yeah, now. Yeah, a bird's it. not one of us though, man. A mouse. They're mammals. They're on our team. Bird. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be a mammal, to drink their nice semi-skimmed from the mammy's teat. Shit little dinosaur. Fuck you. Bird's not. I'll kill a bird. Well, that's this is what I'm getting at. Is that like, it's it's barely even alive, a chicken. Do you know what I mean? It's just knocking yeah, about. Yeah. You chop its head off, and it's still alive for a bit. Yeah. Like, MikeTheHeadlessChicken.org. You can check out. Yeah. Eighteen months. Eighteen months without a head. Yeah. They had a little bottle cap. They used to just, just put on his neck, take it off, and just pipette down his little neck. Still walking around and shit. Yeah. Crazy, man. The fuck's going on? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So like, I'm stood there looking at it. I took this brick and I missed and it jumped over. And what got me is this is how like delirious I was. Is that it looked at me as it jumped over the fence. <laughs> it's going to sound fucking insane. Like proper paranoia. But I'm sure I've seen it sort of like, oh. And I was just like, oh, fucking get you now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you've crossed me now. Yeah, until that moment I was like, you can't be going like smashing the chicken. But now it's... Now it's like taking a little, you know, it's like... Because uh, it jumped over the fence. Yeah, and I was it's just like, oh, you want to go toe-to-toe, do you? Like, I'm a human. I'm the <laughs> best one on the earth. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm stood there going like, you're going now. You're going down. Yeah. Like, And so then for the, and next, the chicken started it. Yeah, and for the next few days. Because in fairness, like, you've got to think of it as a pest. Yeah. For me, it's a pest. You should have said, like, listen, chicken, you can feel free to try and kill me if you want. I'm ready. If you yeah. want to start it... Bring your, bring your A game. Food chain, Because I'll just, I'll kill you up nice. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, if there was a rat in your house, you'd take it out. It's a pest. Well, I, we got a mouse in here, um, and I had to chase it round and, and get it, and then I'd set it free outside. 
don't do that. That's what happened. Don't do that. It was a mouse. If it was a rat, I might have thought about like executing. Well, you know what I mean though? Like there's certain situations where, because I knew it had just come back and I can't catch it. Have you ever tried catching a chicken? No. It's impossible. <laughs> like it's like they do it in Rocky to make the point of how fast they are. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. If like boxes, like they'd make them like Cuba and shit, they make them catch chickens. Because, like, the fucking... That's a sick training method. They're so agile, mate. Like, the And, like... And I'm stood there and I'm like, right, this is going to take slightly more cunning. Because this chicken knows that I'm after it now. Yeah. This is the level of madness that was going on in my head about... I, I give this chicken a personality. Do you know what I mean? And, like... It's not going to look good if future employers watch this, is it? <laughs> this is uh, all just comedy. <laughs> this is made up allegedly so like yeah um, there, w- there was no chicken in real life was there no Reese? no it's all good yeah, yeah. just just something funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I seen this chicken knocking around my garden I'm like right what am I going to do with it do you know what I mean I think just to go back to the employer thing they will respect your tenacity yeah you see a problem and you, you solve the problem like, you know I mean? do you know what they don't want they don't want people who's oh the chicken I'll just get up no, they want people who fix the issue, fix the problem, get a good night's sleep, and come to work. Yeah, because I mean, it was affecting everything. Like yeah. I was crying at work because I because I couldn't sleep. Mate, CEOs, do you think they're not absolute chicken killers in their heart? Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I'm saying? It's fine. So yeah, like it's knocking around my garden, it's still waking me up. And then I made my second mistake. I told my flatmates I was going to get rid of it. I was just like, yeah, that chicken's got to go. They were like, what do you mean? I'm like. As in, I'm taking that chicken out. And then me and my housemate, who shall remain nameless, very nearly got into a very real physical altercation about that. Damn. Because he was like, if you touch that chicken, I'm going to fuck you up. I was like, all right. As is his right as well, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But in my head, I was just like, first I will deal with the chicken. (laughs) 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 Then I will deal with you. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So like... So, like, then they knew them, so they were watching out for me. So I was like, right, where can I get an air rifle? Because what, what I was going to do is on my day off, I was going to wake up mega early and just wait. Just yeah. sit outside and just... This is how mental it got. Like. <laughs> I just sit there, put a podcast in and just wait. Like, because there was a point in my garden where you can dip down and no one can see you. Yeah. No one in the house, no one in the surrounding area, nothing. Yeah. So I thought, if I just go prone and just wait, it's only going to take one pellet to blow that chicken's head off. Air rifle. You've got to be accurate. Got little heads. True. You're not. going to hit it in the body. Or even if I just get it in the heart or anything like that. Like, There's a lot of uh, plumage. There is. I think uh, you're going to ricochet off a wing. I don't think the bones are that strong. Yeah, because you don't get a little tester shot either. Like your first shot has got to connect. Well, obviously, I would have done some testing. Do you know what I mean? But like, Explain the testing. So was, You're going out a few days before with some tin cans and like yeah, yeah, practicing your some, aim. I would have done some like accuracy training. <laughs> I love that. Your mate who said like, I'll fight you if you kill that chicken. And then you're just like, I'm just out shooting cans, man. <laughs> just recreational. Well, you've uh, got to remember as well, like, I'm not saying I'm fully logical for all of this. Like yeah. at this point, I'm a sleep deprived yeah. maniac. If you'd have gotten, if all, you know, for the past, how, how long were you, did you go without proper sleep? Good month. So if you'd have had a, good night's sleep that whole, you know, every night for that whole month, you'd be just like, ah, fuck that chicken. Who yeah, cares about yeah. it? Like, ju- to interrupt quickly, could just get a related thing. I'm, I'm sure I talked... 
talked about this on the podcast. I'm sorry to everyone if you watch every episode. You shouldn't be watching every episode then, should you? You should just watch like the ones where you know the guy or whatever and then uh, then I can just tell the same stories over and over again. Uh, but we had pigeons in the walls. Bastards. And it was fucking me up. Like, They're loud, man. Yeah, because you couldn't get to sleep at night. They'd wake you up first thing in the morning. And like, I, you know, I'm just freelance self-employed anyway so I'm not getting up at the seven o'clock you know I'm getting up at like nine o'clock yeah. do you know what I mean so if you wake me up at four or five you're just like spoiling my whole night's sleep and uh yeah I I mean I was sad actually in the end because the guy came and just boarded up the hole they came to fix the roof yesterday and they went they, they were like looking around in the roof space and they went a lot of pigeon carcasses up here and I was like yeah are there and he went yeah quite a few and I went like a dozen, he went, dozens, there are dozens. And I was just like, right, okay, yeah, that's good to know. And uh, yeah, the guy just came and boarded it up and he'd gone, he'd come while I was out and then I came back and was like, did the guy come? Did he like, you know, bang the wall and get them all out or like smoke them out or do, what What did he do? And she went, yeah, he just boarded up the hole. And I was like, so what, what do you mean? And she went, yeah. After yeah, he said, they're gonna die over the next two weeks. I was like, what the fuck? So this is what this is what I'm talking about, in that I didn't want to... Yeah, you wanted it to be quick. Quick. No I suffering. Res- I still respect the sanctity of its life. Yeah. That is horrific. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Dude, like, it was dark. It, truthfully, one of the darker moments that I've had in the last couple of years was, there was this moment, I'd, I'd fallen out with a mate of mine, so I was feeling like a piece of shit anyway one night. I was just feeling like, should I have said that? Oh, I feel, what a dickhead am I? And then I'm trying to go to sleep, and I can hear, it's like day three, and the pigeons are just like exhausted, just trying to like, you can hear them like scratching at a hole, going going to the next little bit, next little cranny and going, oh God, just like, and getting more and more tired, yeah. dying. And I was just like, that's me, That's I've asked for that, all these animals to die in there. You are the righteous hand of God. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to jump out the fucking window, mate. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, sleep like a baby. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember those pigeons now. Till someone mentions. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, continue so, with right, the... Yeah, so then I realised, I was just like, I'm not bringing a firearm into my house. I don't care if it's just an air rifle. I'm not doing that. That is too far. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, because then... That would be like taking, uh, taking a blade and waiting when someone's just coming out with money. Yeah, that's like, yeah, like, it's like, because then my housemates have got, I think, he's already a bit fucked because he's not got a lot yeah, of Yeah, you're going to vote it out of the house. No, he's got a gun. Yeah. So I'm just like, right, no, that's not a good idea. Uh, which in fairness, nice one past Breeze for thinking about that. So then I was like, right, what's my other options? It's like, I can make a trap. I was like, I'm not making a trap. So in the end, I rang up my dad. <laughs> I was like, how would, you, how would you get rid of that? And he was just like, when my mate used to get cat, feral cats coming into his flat, if you spray a load of de-icer onto their food, they smell, they, they like the smell of it, they'll eat it and they'll die. It was like, it's a horrible death. Yeah. But they'll get rid of it. Yeah, someone did it to cats on mice yeah. on Stanley Street. And like, in my head, I'm just kind of like, am I going to do that? Because then you can't, you can't make certain that only the chicken's going to be eating that. Exactly. People's house cats are going to be dying. Mm-hmm. I did it anyway. You did it? <laughs> oh my like, goodness. No, no, what I did, what I did is I got these... I started feeding it because at first I didn't think you about You gained its trust. Well, what I was going to do is feed it and just let it come into the house and let it come into the house and then just take it out. Open the oven. Just have a look in there, will you? 
Well, just take it out, chuck it in the bin, and just let it get off. Yeah. No one would even Dude, know. Dude, you should have cooked it and ate it. Well, I wanted to do that as a power move. Like what I wanted... Also, though, because you could defend it to a vegan. You could be like, listen, you can't deny the circle of life. I'm a hunter. I'm going to make use of this chicken. I'm going to use its feathers and make a fetching headdress. I'm going to have its little lucky claw. I'm going to keep it on my key ring. I'm going to eat its whole body and make a bone broth out of the skeleton. Can't argue with that. Well, I also wanted to fuck with my housemate a little bit. Like, what I wanted to do is just, like, be stood there in the kitchen and then, like, you know, how far does this go? And then just one day he'll walk in and the oven would be on. I'd open it up and just be like, what's that? And I'd just be like... Chicken. And then just, and just <laughs> watch what he did. Do you know oh what I mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, but, like... So, hey, man, you're an intense guy. <laughs> No, you said, say, oh, this is tying together. Oh, 100%. But no, like, and then I thought, no, that's... that's. I thought there was going to be something with the wire there. That's why you asked. You were just wondering if you could get all the way up to the camera. For anyone just listening, Breezy just went way up to the camera and just... I can't. I don't know what it looks like until I get to the edit. It's going to look I'm terrible. imagining it's petrifying. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to garrote the chicken with the wire. No. Yeah, chicky, chick, 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 and then just but like, cause assassin. I'm, what's what is it? Is it Hitman? Hitman. Yeah. yeah, you just reveal the bald, and then garrote the thing. No, so I thought no, because that again, while all this is going through my head, because everyone gets mad thoughts, the logical side of me is desperately trying to pot out the fire, going like, no, 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 mate, that's that'll that'll really make things bad for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, right, I can't do that. So I thought, what I need to do is just take it, out, wring its neck. It'll take literally two seconds because as soon as you separate something's um, spinal column, it just dies. Yeah. It's like what they do on mice that they test on. You just push the back and it just separates the central nervous system dead instantly. They yeah. don't even know the, they don't even know they died. Yeah. And um, so I was like, that's what I'm going to have to do to it. Um, so then I started feeding it, and then one day I just got it to come into the house, and I was like looking at it, getting ready for it, grab it, and he just appeared. In kitchen, I was like, "With your housemate?" Yeah, I was kind of like, "Hi," and then just sort of let it go, and then because I thought, I think you could have played it off as, "Look, I'm mates with it now." Uh. Yeah, well, I didn't even say anything. I think he knew what I was trying to do, but I just didn't want to admit. It. You know what I yeah. mean? Do you still are you in contact with this guy or not? Oh yeah, I still live with him. You still live with him? Yeah, yeah we're good mates now. So he, I mean, he's hearing this for the first time. If he, oh no, he'll already know. I already he told him all this. Okay, and then like. So then, well, after that, though, what happened is that my housemates like, basically sat me down and they were like, look, it's not normal, this. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's the badness inside me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, like, and I was like, look, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Either you find some kind of fucking chicken sanctuary or you find its owners. You've got two weeks. If nothing has happened after two weeks that chicken will not be here. Mm. And they were like, well, you, I was like, I'm deadly serious. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- that's that's the deal I'm willing to make. I do feel like, um, they might say that's not fair because, you know, you're just saying, oh, you can't sleep, but this is the life of a thing. But I think value of life, if, if there is any value to life, I think it's directly proportional to like, um, capacity for suffering, you know? So like, a chicken who has no potential to do anything you know it's literally no one gives a fuck if that chicken's alive oh they shouldn't you know what i mean it's not going to contribute anything what are we hearing it's just uh it's just the wind birds on the top of the treehouse um whereas 
you know, there's things that can happen because you're not sleeping correct. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you miss people's posts, whatever. There's there's a fallout for humankind if you're not if a human's not having a good time. No one gives a shit about a chicken, and you're suffering. Whereas the chicken, you're not talking about like keeping the chicken up every night. You just you want it done like that. So. I feel like it, that for me, that's an easy trade. The chicken should die before you yeah. have a shitter time of your life. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. I never ever wanted to cause it any real pain because that's just horrible. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a sadist. It was just the best way I could think of dealing with it. And to you as well, a chicken, and to, to a lot of you know sensible people, a chicken is is not a very important thing. No. If if that was a dog, if it was a dog. Completely different yeah, story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, if it was a dog. I would have found a way yeah. of, of making sure that I could find its owner or that I could somehow give it to a ch- shelter or something like that. Yeah, a chicken's like one rung above fucking pigeon. Mm. I even rang the council. Never did anything. Yeah. And like, so I was like, right, I've exhausted all my options. I don't think you have to be too apologetic about all this, man. I think a lot of people would have just started launching shit from the back door at the chicken, hoping to fucking injure it. Well, you got, well that's the thing is that like, everyone who I've told this story to is like, you're a maniac. I'm just like, well, the maniac parts is like how much, uh, you know, thought went into like getting the getting a gun. And I think other people would, I think because you cared so much about the chicken. That's the maniac part of it is like the how much of your life it took over. It took over. Some people just be like, oh, fuck that chicken. Do you know what? And they just open the back door. They just sort of wait out there. Wait till the chicken came in and they just be like. Bang with a paving stone, do you know what I well, mean? Don't worry, I would have loved to have done that, but I couldn't catch it. Yeah, true. But like, that's what I mean is that like, and everyone who's, ask anyone who knew me at that period of time, it's all I talked about. Like, it, it drove me mad. I remember. Yeah, like it drove me mad. And like, I feel like it's the premise of a, you know, a short indie film or something. Yeah, it drove me absolutely mad. And like, by the end of it, I was like, right. And I, at this point I was desperate because like, I was really in throes of paranoia and like lack of sleep at this point. Yeah. But I was just like, right, I just need to take this chicken out. So I just sprayed a load of de-icer on some sunflower seeds, left them to soak overnight, mixed them in with some normal ones and just left it outside. And I was just like... Did it solve the problem? No. It's like, come what may. It pecked a few of them and I'm there at the gar- like, looking out the kitchen just like, yes, eat my pretty. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then like, I think all I did was like make it a bit ill. Because then for the next few days, which I'm glad, because I didn't want it to have a horrible death. Yeah. I only put enough in there that I don't, in my head, I was like, surely that can't kill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it just sort of like, was a bit like... Yeah, just put it off coming back. Yeah, and then I took the seeds inside, dumped them in the bin. And then my housemates were like, have you noticed that chicken's a bit under the weather? And I was like, yes, I've weakened it. Now it's time to, for, to deliver the killing, blo- killing blow. And then, because it stopped making the noise... But at the same time, it was just sort of like, look, and then like one of my housemates was like, I think it's starving to death. And I'm, and in my head then I was like, am I a bad man? Do you know what I mean? Like, am I a bad person? Yeah. It really upset me. I was like, what have I done? I've just really hurt this animal for no reason. I'm getting emotional, but like, over a chicken. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I like, because the main, the, the one thing that, the deal I'd made with myself was like, it will be quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it wasn't going that way. No, and like, and then I'm cooking one night and I'm thinking, I'm ruminating on this chicken and I made, I'm like, right, if it's slow for another day, now is the time to strike. Do you know what I mean? And just take it out. I don't, like, 
because I'd been sleeping a bit better, and some of like my sanity was returning, mm-hmm. and I'd realised how mad I must have looked to everyone. It was massively, massively fucking me up because I was just like, these people must think I'm, they're living with a fucking maniac. Yeah. And then like, I was cooking, and then these five lads appeared in my garden. I looked and like, I was kind of like, why are the five men in my garden? And then there was a little kid with them, and I'm just like, am I about to have to defend my house? And then they knocked on. I was like, what's up? And they were like, do you have a chicken in your garden? I was like, yeah. They were like, oh, it's ours. Like, where have you been for the past month and a half? They were like, oh, sorry. Like, what happened is we moved house. And, like, we had chickens and one of them ran away. And it's just been wandering all around the neighbourhood. And I think, like, it's just found food in your garden. And, like, you one of your housemates knocked on and told us about it the other day. It was like, we've come to pick it up. And I'm just like... It's over. Do you know what I mean? He's done crying. It's over. And like this kid, they brought the kid, like the designated chicken catcher, he's like running around the garden and trying to, and he grabs it and it's like, going mental. And they're walking away and it's only after they walked away that I thought, probably should have told them it's probably eating some de-icer. Because they eat that. Oh yeah. So I never know what happened to them. They're all dead now. <laughs> I doubt it. But little yeah. poison eggs. Yeah, like. That little kid didn't survive the winter. <laughs> But, like, they went away and it was like, I can imagine it's a similar sort of feeling of, like, when the war is over. And they're just like, what do we do now? Oh, you had all this, like, murderous energy you didn't know where to go. Yeah, and it, and it had never been expunged. So, luckily, I could just throw it into the band. But I like, think this is, uh, clips of this episode is going to be shown in court to... Uh, definitely. <laughs> when, you, when you finally snap and, and go postal, you thought so before, when you shoot up the... Uh, where are you working now? No comment. I don't okay, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this could be used to... to uh, definitely in, used to convict me, yeah. Yeah, as prosecution for whatever you do in future. Well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, if they look at the, my medical records from my doctor, then yeah, I'm really buggered. Oh, man. But yeah, like... I think you can... I think, actually, it's clear that you... Uh, you th- we're thinking a lot about the chicken. It wasn't just, you know purely a pest to you you just wanted you know your sanity was going man I, like maybe some people can't appreciate that but if I don't sleep right for three four days if I'm not getting correct sleep like the pigeons was really fucking me up do you know what I mean like if for whatever reason I'm not sleeping right even for just a few days if I don't go to the gym if you know I'm not everything's not perfect bang on if if you know, I've been on a couple of stag dudes where we're out for three, four nights in a row and I start getting, like, my head starts falling yeah. off, starts going west. Um, yeah, the sanity takes a hit. Mm-hmm. So I, I fully get where you're coming from. If it's weeks and weeks, you, yeah, you get, you're being pushed to the edge. Also, it sounds yeah. funny. It is a funny story. It's a funny story in hindsight, but I think what I'm trying to capture is that at the time, there were people who were genuine, genuinely worried about my well-being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone was. Like, it was kind of like, he's really losing it. But if it's like, does Breezy end up on the psych ward or does this chicken get it? I'm just like, mate, kill as many chickens as you want. Kill a chicken every day, sacrifice one. (laughs) I mean, that's it really, is that I think it's just a case study in that, like, how small things can fuck you up. Because, like, you must have the same thing where, you know, them people you see, like, just out of nowhere, like, will just drive their car into a shop or, like, 
you know, smash up a bus stop or like... Some of that live leak action. Yeah, just some, you know, just do mad shit. I think a lot of people are right on the edge a lot because we are currently living in a kind of strange society where like sleep and not not sleeping is seen as this like sort of virtue of hard work. I only sleep five hours a night. Yeah, because I'm working. And it's like, nah, man, you're killing yourself. Yeah, they say for every something like an hour or two hours of sleep that you lose, it's like having so many units of alcohol. So a Donald Trump who claims only to have four or five hours sleep a night or, you know, high level business execs or whatever that um, use it as this, you know, posturing thing. Like, oh, I get even less sleep than you. It's like, hey, man, your reasoning is going to be way off. Your critical faculties are going to take a massive hit with that sleep deprivation. You're scooping your brain out. And this is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you don't have insomnia or you've never suffered from it or had any problems with your sleep, it's very difficult to describe what it is like. Because I've had it like a long time now. And like, it starts messing with you big time. And like, that's the bit that freaks me out. You know what I mean? Is that like, if you meet me on on the street, I'm a very pleasant person, but like, your mind just goes to dark places all the time. You know what I mean? Which is why the music's good. And like, but that's what worries me, like you say about like these leaders and like business people who are like, because like, their minds are already ultra, ultra high capacity because they're like running countries and running companies. But like, if you throw in the fact they don't sleep much into that mix, that's when it starts getting mental. I think that's where you get shit like sweatshops yeah. being a thing and like chopping down the Amazon is that like, because they're just like, get the profit, just get the profit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to find the most logical solutions to questions, but the logic... I'm sort of jealous of those guys, you know, because I think most people ordinary people you are prevented from doing a lot of things that might benefit you because you are cursed with empathy and guilt and shame mm. do you know what i mean like, you're like oh I, I can't do that because i wouldn't be able to live with myself evidenced by day one a psycho just goes out and stamps that chicken to death but you're like over the course of weeks like i can't do that one i can't do this method i can't you know what i mean because you have a soul do you know what i mean a lot of people yeah the, the Amazon cutter downers, all, yeah. the, all these guys, you can do whatever you want if you feel no remorse. But at the same time, you've always got to pay the bill. So that bill for that particular thing is that like, those people are probably some of the loneliest people on earth. Like you look at that Martin Shkreli guy, who's hanging out with him? Shkreli. Shkreli, whatever he's called. Yeah. Like, you think about it. Evil fucking haunting. Evil, like sociopath, but like from that, I think that's what a lot of people don't sort of take into account is that these like captains of industry like your Bezoses and your Skrellies and whatever when the cameras turn off and they go home they're sat in a very very large cage yeah like you can't have a normal life after that and that wealth what is it what does it matter like it doesn't matter it's it doesn't it provides no... Vi- after a certain point, a billion of something. If you have a billion of anything, like, after a certain point, it becomes a burden to have that amount of anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, let's all get out a handkerchief and cry a tear for sure. billionaires. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, the people who are set up like that, I don't... I don't know what their evolutionary purpose is because 
we're meant to operate in small teams. You know what I mean? Humans are team players. We pack animals. Yeah. So... So you reckon that that type of person's only started existing since the teams have grown to thousands and millions of people? No, I think they've always existed, but I think they would have been things like travelling merchants. You know what I mean? Or like... Yeah. Or maybe, you know, doing things like... I can imagine a lot of... Because I think those people will always gravitate to power. Kings, princes, whatever. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. Um, Knight's Tale got it right. Like, they took all their property at the tip of a sword. What's Knight's Tale? One of the best Heath Ledger films ever. Oh, that film. Yeah, I thought... There's no way he's talking about that Heath Ledger film. It's amazing. One of my favourite films of all time. Yeah. I love it. I don't think I've seen it. I thought it was like a girl's film. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Is it mint? It's mint. You've seen everything, the extended versions, the outtakes, like... Just break it down for me, give me the... So a young squire, his master dies and he impersonates him to like become part of the aristocracy with his two, uh, his two com- comedic sidekicks. And there's a cool bit in it where like he, make, they, they, he meets Geoffrey Chaucer uh, who's played by, I can't remember his name, but he plays him fantastically. And there's some amazing... Let me life. just go crazy guess. Jeremy Irons. I don't know who that is. Okay. I don't know the names of actors. Do you sure. know what I mean? And like, um, they meet Chaucer and he becomes part of their band of, of miscreants. And then they meet a, a lady who is a blacksmith. She's like the only female blacksmith. So it's cool. Like This is in like 2001 as well. So like, this is way pre-Me Too and all the rest of it. And they were killing it, being like, yeah, she's got this female blacksmith and no one wants to work with her, but she has the best shit. And you're just like, all right. And for her... Wait, does she have a love interest with Heath Ledger? No. No. It's amazing, mate. Like, there's no love interest with her. She's just doing her thing. Tough woman. There's love interest in it. She's a bit She's a bit wet. Like, a bit... Yeah. But, like, I suppose you've got to be... You know what I mean? There needs to be at least a little bit of wetness <laughs> in any kind of film. That's work. what I always say, man. No, just you know... make the... sure there's a tiny bit of wetness <laughs> at least. You know what I mean? Like, she's a bit, like, floppy. Like, she's a fantastic actor. Right. But, like... It's just a fantastic, it's a great adventure. Like, they go and do the thing and they beat the guy who's like looking down on them. And like, just, but one of the, it has some of the best lines of cinema I've ever heard. Like, my favourite one is um, Chaucer has had his possessions stripped of him because he's got a gambling addiction. And William, the guy who's impersonating his lord, comes in and pays his debt off. And, um, because they say to him, either we get money from you or we're going to take a pound of flesh from him to pay his debts. And um, he's stood there naked and then they just like give him his clothes back and he turns to him and he goes, gentlemen, I have taken down every specific detail, every blemish, every character flaw. And he's like, and I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, I'm going to write it into a, a poem or something. He's like, I was naked for a day you will be naked for eternity. It's just like, yes, Chaucer, that's what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> like, that's honestly, like, so much of why I create arcs, like, you will be naked for eternity. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, Wait, you, you've got into it to weaponize poetry. No, but it can be used as a weapon. Like, art can be used as a weapon. Yeah. A really powerful one. Like, there, there was people... It's in, a shame this is going to come out after the Extinction Rebellion. But that's what I'm saying, like, and it, it's fantastic. Like, for example, in Syria... They were cutting out the tongues of famous singers in, to, to try and suppress the people. When? That was like, like when the Syrian revolution was just kicking off. 
there's a brutal video of a bloke who's had his tongue cut out. He was a really famous singer. Can't remember his name. And like that just shows the power of art, the fear that they had. It was just like this man can decimate a governmental system just by singing his song. Like you will be naked for eternity. Like you know what I mean because <laughs> like, it's true like no matter what if you put something down in verse or in lyric or in art you destroy someone forever if you wish or you can capture someone forever and hold them up as a light like for example there's a reason that Jesus is viewed as white with brown hair he'd probably, he'd probably have nothing like that he's from fucking Syria like it's the fact that the church in the West knew that they needed to weaponize this symbol mm-hmm. of Jesus and make him look like the people that are worshiping him in the West. Therefore, giving them this sort of Casas belly to do all these awful things that they did. What does Jesus look like in China? Exactly. The Chinese Jesus. I don't know. I've never thought about that. Chinesus. Chinesus. <laughs> but yeah, it's fantastic. And like, for example, Jesus is a good one actually, where when they were trying to convert the Vikings and the Norse, they made Jesus have the spear. That's where Jesus with the spear comes from. And made him hench. Yeah, they made him like more like their gods. They were like, oh, I can get with this Jesus guy. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's why the, the ancient gods, like the Roman gods and like the Norse gods are so fascinating because they're just us. You know what I mean? Right. It's fantastic. But yeah, I was, na- I was naked for a day. You will be naked for eternity. It may well be my, my favourite quote ever. Do you reckon you're going to get some of, uh, you need some quotables like that? What's the top quotables in Rivet City tunes? What are the lyrics of which you are most proud? Which I'm most proud, right. In no particular order, I've got five off the top. So the first one um, is in um, is in Foot Slogger, which is... Um, it's an old tune. Yeah, which is... You wrote that? When I was about 15. Yeah. Because uh, it started life as a poem. And it's um, stalemate table conversation. Uh, house feels like the Western Front stalemate table conversation. Because I've lived that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's lived that at some point where you just sat at the, down the dinner table and it's heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'd say another one that's one of my favourites is um, Another Tale of War from the Garden. Oh, sorry. Another Tale of War from the Garden made of stones. Lived an emperor who wove a cloak from oceans. He walked through the lands, drowning cities in the strands. Dousing all the peasants on the pavement in vanity and pride, he never broke his stride. Um, utter devastation. Instead, he only smiled and pulled the wool around his eyes. That whole thing. Yeah, that verse is the best thing I've ever written. It sounds very uh, Odyssey-like. Yeah, because yeah, like, what I was trying to create is like this metaphorical vision of like how bullshit it is to destroy all the resources. Yeah. Just to ingratiate yourself. You know, it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. Very similar. Sure. Kind of thing. Well, I think I'm didn't pick up on the meaning within it but just like the superficial read on it was just like the the flow of it you know yeah. the pentameter of it i know it wasn't iambic pentameter but it's just the the cadences the yeah. language contained therein sounded very uh old do you know yeah. what i mean like it, it had a timeless quality to it i think foot slugger as well has one which is just i want to pray to a real god what does that mean just give me something real give me something like you notice that it's happening a lot. It happens everywhere. It happens everywhere I look. Like, you're being fed this weird, like, demi-reality. Like, social media, news, 
fill whatever you want. Like you're being fed demi reality to the point where now art is more accurate than fact. Fiction is more accurate than fact. Like if you read a novel by, um, say, um, I'm trying to think, like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, or if you read a novel. The Solzhenitsyn, the guy said the line between good and evil runs through all men. I think that's, I think that was Solzhenitsyn, yeah. yeah. Or like Joseph Conrad, like my favourite author of all time. Like, you just read his read his books, and you're just like, that is more accurate than fact. And there's just something about that, isn't there? That I'm just kind of like, give me something. Like, just just give it to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Heavy for a 15 year old to write that. Well, I was a very sad 15 year old. You were doing stand up back then as well, yeah. Uh, at school, yeah, because I was just trying to find a way of like finding my place yeah because it was Freddy's you went to was mm-hmm. it so you basically either had to be able to play football or twat people if you wanted to have any sort of cachet yeah with... it'll be funny because it wasn't even cool being in a band in high school no um, until Jordan Kelly came on the scene <laughs> I owe that man quite a large debt of gratitude dude everyone in our local music community owes Jordan a debt of gratitude I, I always suck him off on this podcast bad because like uh, but he, he now he's not going to want to come on He's a remarkable man. Yeah, but he's going to be like, oh, they built me up and then I'll come on and it'll be disappointing. I caught a plectrum that he threw out into the crowd once when I was watching him at a pub gig when I was about 13. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah? Yeah. Like framed or just you no, play no, with it? I still it? have it. I never played with it. Yeah, I just still have it. It's always somewhere. A little grey Dunlop one. Yeah. still have it. Because it meant something. You know what I mean? Like what he did. Because like, I was a really sad kid. Yeah. And like, those people, like, took me and helped me. And they were like, it's all right, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, it was fucking... It was somewhere else, yeah. Woo! But yeah, he, was um, sick, he was sick at doing that as well. Like, he still still is like that, just always been, like, a, a lovely guy. Again, I don't want to be, like, bumming him too much on the podcast, but um, this is, for anyone that doesn't, doesn't know him, a guy... Um, sort of like he's, I guess he was almost like the prom king a little bit of our school but he's like the king, the prom king of Atherton do you know what yeah. I mean? like he's just like famous in Atherton and uh, he he sort of kick started the music thing happening like because uh, it was similar Eki to Freddie's where no mm. one was in bands really and then Jordan I mean admittedly he started emulating Green Day or Billy Joel like specifically in, yeah. in a big way um, but um, as soon as Jordan appeared and he'd been starting to like gig he's got like older brothers and stuff which I think um, was the reason that he was hanging out with like older people and playing gigs and stuff um, and then uh, yeah like came to school and was playing music at school which no one had ever even thought of like I, I, I privately was just like listening to Incubus at home like oh I can't really bring this to school no one likes mm-hmm. bands do you know what I mean like even like the only people that like music were absolute goths and moshes that it was underground for them mm-hmm. and Jordan made it popular and uh, within a couple of months of Jordan like playing um, in assembly do you know what I mean like coming out and doing like the school show type of vibe all the girls started switching their hair colour and wearing different clothes and wearing like rocket dogs Trailblazer, and vans man. and stuff yeah he changed it all a load of guys that were previously into playing football or whatever, just picked up guitars for the first time and started making their own bands and stuff. Um, I, I think Jeremiah Ferrari, I think those guys had said that they had seen 
Jordan's band at the time, which I think was Crazy Ass Bitches, they were Cab, called. Yeah, I or Cab. Custard and Bananas, I can't remember which Crazy one. Crazy Ass Bitches, Cab, yeah. Um, had seen them and, and been like, oh, Mint, we can became, do it. Like, this is not something that happens to other people on TV. It's something that we can just make happen. Yeah, right and then here. they became Halfway to Victory. Jeremiah, yeah. They started Halfway to Victory and then, yeah, it was Raz on drums, wasn't it? Yeah. Jordan was in Bleed the Skyline Bleed at that the time. Bleed Skyline and then there was Chaos Theory. Chaos Theory. Yeah. Man, honestly, like, that changed. And life. you were like super young. So I was like a peer. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was mega young. But you were like looking up to them a little bit. Well, Mate, those guys changed my life forever. Yeah. Like, I never looked back because like, all right, yeah, there was some mad shit that went on. But at the same time, I was kind of like, that, that's my way out. Mm-hmm. That's how I get out of here. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's it. They've, they've cracked it. They've nailed it. That's how we get out of here. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, I always owe him a massive debt for that. I don't think that man knows how much I admire him. You know what I mean? Like, it's... He wouldn't have it off you anyway, man. If you told him, he'd just be like, oh, no, no, you're well cool, man. You're well cool. But it just would have been easy, though, for him to just write off this, like, 12, 11-year-old kid. Yeah. But instead, he was like, hey, bud, come and do a song with us. Yeah. And I went and fucking played a tune with him at fucking, um, the, the, what was it called, Glass Barrel. Yeah. On a table singing out to so- Tear Told You So by the Ives. Oh, the what a tune. Yeah, mate. Like, and that changed my life forever. And he could have easily just gone, <laughs> but he didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that was one of the, f- probably the first time that I'd ever experienced that. If someone older than me properly just treating me as a peer yeah. and being like, it's okay, man. And like, things being okay, like it was okay like not to fucking have your top button done. You know what I mean? Like it was okay like not to follow the rules all the time. And I was kind of like, that's it. You know what I mean? It's okay. Like it made me question everything. Do you know what I mean? It's fantastic. Yeah. Loved it. Jordan Kelly, man. Big Jord. Um, I think he's got some gigs. Like he's drumming for a, I think he's drumming right today. Like he's in playing, the studio. He's playing a band called Moksha, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. So check out Moksha. And that's Jordan Kelly, who is a fucking incredible frontman, but he's a knobhead because he just picks up any instrument. He's amazing. Like, he'll just get it, a yeah. tune out of it. Like, if you chuck a fucking... Moksha are really good. I've seen them at Night and Day Cafe. They were fantastic. Yeah, unreal, so man. Good. I think I was there with you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what gigs have you got um, coming snug next week, yeah? I think so, yeah. And then, and then what? I'm going to very quickly add on the, the final lyric that I was thinking. Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't um, finish. I don't need Jesus to relieve me of my pain because benzodiazepines feel basically the same. That's got to be a newer lyric. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very recent, but, like, I think it just sums up, you know what I mean, the, yeah. the general attitude. But anyway, gigs. Um, that is a bar, that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of that. But um, I've got... So we've got... Um, we've got the snog in a couple of weeks. And then we're back Th- this in, weekend. This weekend, yeah, shit, it will be this weekend. And then on April tenth, we're playing in Newcastle again. Yeah, um, supporting. They Deep love Sleep. you up in Newcastle. And we love them. Like awesome, awesome people. Love them to bits. Like Tyrone. Like he was just a really nice lad. Um, and then um, you know you got all his crew. And then there's uh, people like Dimmy and like all the Sunderland people. Uh, and then. Um, you got like Rowan and all her crew. They're all sound like. There's a nice. Have, have have you just popped off in Newcastle? What happened? We played a few festivals there, and it just happened. And then in fairness, we were already like had a little following in Sunderland, and some of them migrated over to Newcastle. And like, we played a few festivals, and people just bumped into people. Like people dig what we did. Yeah. 
and like they started telling people and it like really organic it was beautiful and like cool, man. i value the fact that those people have given us the opportunity to go and do this thing you know what i mean so i think i can feel it being like this where it starts but anyway yeah. 10th of april we're doing newcastle and then the 25th of april we're back in manchester sporting deep sleep again yeah um these are gigs that people have to go and get tickets for or yeah yeah you, know, you can't just rock up on the day you can at the xr one I mean, you could try. It depends if tickets sell out. They might sell out. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, they, they probably will, especially the Manchester one. Yeah. Because um, it's only the castle. It's a t- small venue. It's a fantastic venue. I don't, I didn't but I'll tell you it. what, if you can't make it to any of these gigs, though, why not just go on facebook.com forward slash Rivet City Band? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What's the Instagram? Rivet City Official. Rivet City Official. You need to get all them. Stuff. Yeah, we need to sort that out. Uh, but yeah, go, go and find Rivet City and then uh, just check out the shit. Listen to it, watch it, like it, comment yeah. on it and shit. That's donating the equivalent of ticket sales and money yeah. if you want to do support of it. And it's free. All you do is you go on it and you go, da, 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 da. just write, this is shite. Write whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just was that not bad. Yeah. Do some clicks and then breeze us over here. It improves his life. Big time. And like, you know. We've got a couple of singles coming out. You know what I mean? We'll have Foot Slugger coming out. We'll have another one coming out on my birthday on May 12th. So, like, it's going to be great. Like, we're going to have live the, the more of those live videos coming out. Yeah. It's going to be great. Like, this year's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So, thank you. Go and check out Rivet City. They're hustling, grinding. He fucking cares about this, which is more than can be said about a lot of bands who are in it for the different, not the wrong reasons, different reasons, but if you're into an impassioned young man struggling through for the thing... What he loves, this is where to find it. Nice one for coming back in, man. Mm. I want you in another time. Just keep coming back all the time. Another (laughs) one. Good scene. Keep coming back in all the time, man. (laughs) That's the new (laughs) attitude.